Simpsons Index, an online spreadsheet that is also a podcast. This is the podcast. Coming at you out of Hallett Cove in South Australia, this is the Simpsons Index, episode 98. Hello there, I am your host, Elliot J. O'Neill, and joining me in South Australia this evening is BT Calloway. I brought my own mic. <laughs> and joining us also is another Simpsons podcast, Longtime fans of the show will be aware of them as they appeared on episode 66? Sure. Yeah. Yes, Pods in the Key of Springfield, we hey. have James O'Connor. Wait, is this not an episode of Pods in the Key of Springfield? <laughs> <laughs> and Captain Nick. It's me, Danny Rosewell. <laughs> <laughs> I've been waiting. Flawless Danny Rosewell. I've been waiting hours to do that call. In the right. car on the way here, you outlined how excited you were about doing that bit. You've been yeah, totally. sitting on that for like days, I think. Literally days. Danny Rosewell will be dancing on his grave to hear that. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> dancing on his own grave? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, he pre-bought his grave, that's right. Yeah, and that's how he likes to celebrate major events. I mean, oh, what some people then. prepay for funerals, but he's yeah. prepaid for a grave. That's commitment. <laughs> so he can ahead, dance on yeah. it. Yeah. So anyway, this is The Simpsons Index. This is a podcast where we watch and review three episodes of The Simpsons at a time, but there's a twist. Each episode must come from a different decade. Unlike your show, where you're only covering the good episodes, which seems nice. <laughs> well, eventually... <laughs> We'll get up to these ones. <laughs> when we're very, very old men, we'll work our way chronologically through to uh, the shit, I believe it's called. Mm. And then once we've recorded the final episode, we will both turn into dust and float away on the wind. <laughs> into Danny Roswell's grave. <laughs> a lot of space with your dust, yeah. yeah. Like, like a spell book that has been blown by a magician. That sounded weird. But anyway, <laughs> we just recorded a what? review of Disenchantment before, so go check uh, that out yeah. on Pods in the Key of Springfield. But for now, we're doing the Simpsons Index. Sure. Have any of us ever been blown by a magician? <laughs> it's magical uh, I don't know, Elliot, you used to be a clown Yeah, I did <laughs> I mean, did you and a magician ever get lonely in, in, in the back of a Tarago on the way home from a kid's party? I just imagine that the, the magician's driving home in the Tarago And he goes to change gear and your hands accidentally touch And he just looks at you and says, it's a magic seven <laughs> Suddenly those pants get a lot less baggy <laughs> And speaking of clowns, we just watched an episode from the HD era. This was Season 28, Episode 16, Camp Crustier. First released in March of 2017, directed by Rob Oliver, written by David M. Stern. In this episode, holy fuck, this is meant to be a sequel to Camp Crusty, the Season 4 episode, where we learn about Bart and Lisa's trauma suffered from the camp and we meet some new person that apparently died and whatever. Mm. And also in the B story... Homer foregoes sex and starts being really productive at work. This is very much lifted from that Seinfeld episode. Yes. <laughs> Guys, what Of course, you- <laughs> absolute zero. Fuck, I love that Seinfeld episode. I hated this episode, though. What did you think, guys? I think it is fair to say that it is crustier. <laughs> uh, I think pretty good idea. Very poorly executed. I like the idea of going back and adding twists that we didn't see because the Mm -hmm. the conceit of this is for any listeners that haven't seen it the conceit is it's meant to be set in season four yeah Yeah. because it starts with a title screen that says a short time ago in season four but then there are so many areas where they completely fuck it like like when bart's laying on the couch and he's watching the widescreen flat screen tv Mm. 
Well, it's not in season four then, is it? And even stupid things like Lisa references The Parent Trap, a movie that came out in 1998. Oh, season four was 1993 or four or something. Like, true. it's just that they fucked it at every possible turn on what could have been a really cool concept because, and I'm sorry, I'm realizing I'm talking a lot, but no, go for it. I'm several beers in. Um, <laughs> when the title sequence was redone and we got the HD title sequence, my favorite little theory was that all the new additions in the HD title sequence, I like to imagine that they were always there. It's mm-hmm. just that we couldn't see them because, of the, standard because, of, because ah. of the standard definition resolution. So I like the idea of going back and finding other details. Like there was one flashback to Camp Krusty where Bart's flying in on an albatross or something. And I like to go, well, we didn't see that in the episode. But you know what? Cool. Maybe it's just because of the standard definition. But they <laughs> fucked it at every turn and I didn't like it. They fucked this even further because it picks up where Camp Krusty didn't end. Yes, it cuts yes. the whole Tijuana thing. It cuts the whole kids taking over the camp thing. Mm. And it completely forgets what it's being a sequel to. Yeah. And that point. is just... And even Marge and Homer aren't in the same place because they see Bart's taking over the camp and on mm. TV. But here, they only know about it when the kids arrive back home. Mm. Is this entire episode going to be done from the corner? Jordan's anal anal corner. Yeah, we'll just open up the anal corner and assume that everything that happens now resides in then because this episode is just such a mishmash of bullshit. Like, why it was a sequel to Camp Krusty is just baffling to me. And before we move into the questionnaire, it is worth mentioning that the writer David M. Stern, brother of Daniel Stern from Home Alone... Mm -hmm. With Captain Kevin McAllister. What a a sticky bandit. (laughs) (laughs) So this was the first time he returned to The Simpsons writing for 18 years. Years. And yeah, he was the wow. one that penned Camp Krusty, the original. Yeah, which oh. is yeah, but that me. doesn't tend to mean that much in the collaboration of the writers' room. I think these days they sure. change things so significantly. Yeah, yeah. Well, but I maybe remember- the script he turned in did not resemble this episode <laughs> we just saw. Entirely possible. I remember that after the first time I saw this one, I asked you, "Had this guy written anything before?" You said, "Yeah, he he wrote the original Camp Krusty." I said, "No, no, no. Has he written?" anything before <laughs> as in as he, has he put pen to paper and created letters into a sentence before yeah. because this is an episode that seems like someone who has never even understood the concept of writing created it <laughs> i have opinions all right well let's get into those opinions bt for better or worse what is a moment <laughs> one moment pick a moment from this episode that stands out to you well i mean if i have to pick anything it's gonna be that we hear homer come <laughs> Yeah, we do. I've been waiting for this oh, for shit. 30 years. <laughs> Finally, in season 28, they're giving us what yes. we wanted. As people who have listened to our podcast, Post in the Kia Springfield, yeah. uh, don't forget to like and subscribe. No, <laughs> not that again. I'm very invested in Homer and Marge fucking. I think it's <laughs> yeah. good that they have an active sex life. And I, so it's part of the show. Active is fine, but it's when you get to the nuts and bolts of it that you don't want to think <laughs> Just about. Just the nuts, <laughs> I think, in this case. <laughs> Homer when, did not. When you, when you pan to the treehouse and it's got Homer making a Tarzan scream, followed by and that's amore. Oh. Mm. Uh, that's how I do it. <laughs> Man, one of many moments that any or all of us audibly groaned or said, fuck this episode. <laughs> uh, and that's the opening. That's the very first, like, 10 seconds. Oh. My first thought when we heard those noises <laughs> is when Homer was doing the Tarzan scream, the ah, yeah. those rapid note changes are yep. referred to as ululations. Uh-huh. And I was sitting there going, man, I'm gonna, I get to pull out the word <laughs> ululations. How good, how good is this going to be at earning the respect of my fellow podcasters? <laughs> the Simpsons 
Simpsons Index, word of the day, alleolations. Alleolations. Yep, use it in a sentence, win a prize. <laughs> yeah. So how about you, Nick? What is a moment from this episode that Ooh. stood out to you for better or worse? Well, see, I have the advantage of not having a notebook or a pen, so I don't really <laughs> remember any of the episode. Are you blocking it out because of trauma? Would you like to borrow my I notes? Might, I, I, I might be. No, your notes will just say, this doesn't fuck. You <laughs> know, I've got actual notes. I've got oh, real got, things hang to on say. A second, on hang on a second. Let's see if I can look at Darko's notes to think of anything about Pachinko couch gag. That didn't stand out to me. Lol, Wiggum's fat. Um... <laughs> Oh, no, I, I think the bit that stood out to me the most, I think the only bit of pure enjoyment that I got out of this episode was when they show the kids getting off the bus as they come back from Camp Krusty and all the parents are very concerned. And we see little kid Rodney Dangerfield coming up going, oh, it was a tough camp, I tell you. And I really enjoyed that because it made no sense. I was happy to go with it. I was happy to give them the good grace to go with a, a random Rodney Dangerfield. Sure. <laughs> I do like Dangerfield. Yes. And yes, check out episode 90. Seven of the Simpsons Index, where we review Burns Baby Burns, which features the actual Rodney Dangerfield and not a weird kid first. Hey, who am I talking to here? <laughs> you're talking to me, and you're going to tell me what is a moment from this episode that stood out to you for better hey, or well, worse. I got a bit of a hot take on this episode. This was, okay, this is a very bad episode, to be clear. Wasn't quite as bad as I thought it might have been, if I'm being honest, because while watching this episode, I got a sense of like how modern Simpsons could maybe be good if they knew what the fuck they were doing and had some direction because there was a certain almost Dada-esque element to this episode where some of the jokes are so out of left field and weird and like the moment I'm about to highlight I think could have worked in a very different context. The one that stood out to me is there's a scene towards the end where... They're playing who stole the cookie from the cookie jar. Yeah, yep, and yeah. Wiggum comes in and he arrests the kid who you know stole the cookie. And I was thinking, this is a joke that would only work in the context of like a comp like a sketch show. Sure. Mm -hmm. If there was like a whole two or three minutes dedicated to this bitch, and there was like a lead into it, and there was like the kid being interviewed, and like it was extended out into a ridiculous bit as opposed to just being a throwaway joke. Yeah. Sure. I think that could have worked. That could have been funny. It wasn't. No. It could have been. <laughs> it wasn't. And there's like a line in here that uh, when Marge and Homer are about to, you know, get down, get down boogie, he says to her, tonight I'll be Penn and you'll be Teller, which is a joke with no meaning that comes from nowhere. <laughs> mm. But like, there's a certain like Dada-esque sort of like weird, like, you know, this is just a thought someone had and put yeah. in the episode. and then But then he goes to a, your Teller, uh, uh, Teller doesn't speak. And that's like, yeah, I mean, because at that point I was like, oh. Are they going to build on this any further? Oh, no, that's the entirety of the joke. Pointing yeah. out until it doesn't speak. Just okay. everything in Excellent. this just gets brushed aside. It either mm -hmm. gets brushed aside very quickly or a joke that isn't funny gets drawn out for like 25 minutes. Oh, speaking of which, I would say the moment from the episode that stood out to me was... Hang on a second. Hang on a second. Elliot. Is there a moment for better or worse that stood out to you? Oh, thank you, Nick. Yeah. Yes, there is. Excellent. He's been waiting 98 episodes for someone to ask. <laughs> Ellen is shooting Nick daggers right now. I, I'm, yeah, I, I was thinking today, no one asks Elliot that. And I was also thinking, don't interrupt Elliot. Or he yeah, he's taken the mic away from me. He's mouthing you, don't you fucking dare. I, I, I now have the mic cable around my neck. And, 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 and Elliot, it's pulling tighter. Well, you deserve it. Yeah, the moment that stood out to me was Homer's, like, fantasy sequences. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, like I said at the top of the show, Homer's doing this whole, yeah, George from Seinfeld yep. thing where lack of sex makes him more productive. And, yeah, talking about bullshit extended jokes, the thing with the fucking instruments... 
Yeah, mm. like right at the end. Inside the bit in his head that never turns into the Inside Out parody, it very easily could have turned into. Oh, well, they've done that recently too. And have they? A shitty effect. Oh, so they've <laughs> had one idea <laughs> twice. Okay, cool. <laughs> Neither time were nice. Yeah. So what did you guys think of these fantasy sequences? Was there anything about these that you liked or well, didn't like? There's or? a sort of problem that it was meant to be that Home actually goes to work early. That's going to be the reason he started mm. to be productive, not that he's thriving on a lack of sex. And as George did in that one memorable episode. But it's weird with that, yeah, that bit where they're playing, when they're like, okay, boys, back to the work as usual, no more thinking, and they play um, the refrain from Platoon for some reason. I mean, it's uh-huh. sad, but it's beautiful, but it, you know, it doesn't really make sense. Then they play Bolero, and it's like, what the fuck is going on here? Isn't it meant to be like the music playing when the Titanic sinks? Is that the idea? I don't think they play Platoon when the Titanic sink. I no, mean, I'm not a historian. <laughs> <laughs> Platoon, Titanic, same fucking diff. Uh, it was nearer my god to thee they played while the Titanic sank, I reckon. Okay, okay. That yeah. seems like a thing you would know for some yeah, reason. right? This has been the Classical Music Index. <laughs> yeah. Classical Music Corner! <laughs> and now instead of four violinists, when the ship sinks, we'll be just continuing podcasting. Play them out, boys. <laughs> <laughs> the podcasters stay to keep the rest of the people calm while yeah. they evacuate. <laughs> there was one joke that I found... Like and subscribe, women and children first! There was one joke I found kind of almost legitimately funny. When we yeah. go to the Masters and Johnson Institute, the... Mm-hmm. Famous, you know, sex scientist yep. institute. Masters of sex, yeah. And this was our guest stars for this episode, Martin Sheen and Lizzie Kaplan. Oh, uh, did they actually play yeah. them? Oh, yeah. nice. Because they're the stars of Masters of Sex. Well, they had the sign at the front that said, if we weren't doctors, we'd be arrested. I think that's kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's good. I like the idea that, yeah, if it was just random people telling people, you know, how to fuck and <laughs> doing, yeah. like, fuck science. Yeah, then. yeah. <laughs> I, like, fuck I like that in the 50s they needed fuck science to figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> it's not going to make sense in this podcast. Just take your hat off and that lets everyone know. By the way, check out Mar- Marty Sheen and Lizzie Kaplan in Fuck Science on HBO, I believe, or is it Showtime? <laughs> showtime, I, I watch, showtime. I watched season one of Fuck Science. I couldn't keep up with it, despite <laughs> the fact that I really like both those actors. <laughs> so, play count. How many times before today have you seen this episode? Oh, you, the once i've never seen this shit before (laughs) (laughs) big old donuts for me yeah i think this might be my fourth viewing i'm so sorry i'm so sorry (laughs) okay so here's my timeline with this i watched it once and then i submitted this episode into worst episode ever which another simpsons podcast which focuses exclusively on the bad episodes and then they said they were going to review it. And I'm like, oh, holy fuck. I was so drunk that night. I barely even remember seeing it. So I watched it again. And then they watch it. They give their scathing review. And it ends up being out of like 120 episodes, their worst episode ever. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. I actually think of like the two HD era episodes I've watched for this podcast. I think the <laughs> other one was worse. Because yeah. that one shit on Marge versus the monorail. Yeah. And mm. I think was like kind of insidious. And like, this is only bad because I love The Simpsons. Mm. That one was bad because I fundamentally disagreed with like its <laughs> morals and its values. Well, that's the common theme with the episode I'm bringing you guys is, yeah, shitting yeah. on the past. It's like That's interesting. And yeah, go check out these guys that did a review of Camp Krusty earlier in the year, and that's why yeah. I thought I'd bring this one for you today because I remember you saying in the episode, apparently there's a sequel. We don't want to watch it. Now here we are. Interesting <laughs> contrast with worst episode ever and our podcast, Pods in the Key of Springfield. Worst episode ever is a podcast that mm. focuses on the bad episodes. We are a podcast that produces bad episodes. <laughs> <laughs> no, we're in a podcast that doesn't focus on the good episodes. <laughs> no, we don't talk about them. <laughs> that's, that's very little focus. That's a fun ride, though. Mm, thanks. 
We think we're good. Is that what listen. you said to the magician in the Tarago? <laughs> <laughs> Nice. All right, let's talk about the wackiness of this episode. This is a fucking big topic. So what are some of the wacky cartoony elements that stood out to you guys? Ooh. Now, oh, when yeah. we actually see a part of a wacky cartoon, we see an episode of Itchy and Scratchy, it really bothers me that we don't see anything bad happen to Scratchy in that right? cartoon. He just gets knives thrown at him and Bart laughs like a fucking jackal. <laughs> and, but there's uh, a weird bit where they uh, have some other characters talk. And, and now Itchy and Scratchy will do their say, but it's like, there's no talking in this show. Yeah. yeah. There is a brief cut to like Scratchy's heads being used for like a disco ball, like light yeah. reflector thing. But also this is just such an absent Itchy and Scratchy. It has nothing to do with the plot. It's just Bart's watching Itchy and Scratchy. Uh, a bit of whackness I want to bring up is when uh, Bart draws bloodshotness onto his eyes and then wipes oh. them out. Can't be dealing with that. That's a hard watch even for a cartoon. And the thing that fucked me off the most about that is that as he's whiting out the bloodshot Mm -hmm. marks, it comes up with, hey, kids, try this at home. And it's like, wow, that's such a late 90s when everything was spelt with X's and Z's extreme fucking, (laughs) oh, yeah, we're the bloody We're telling you to do the thing that other things will tell you not to do. We are on the edge. We are all Rudy Kobe. (laughs) Are children still watching The Simpsons? Excellent, I really hope not. There's so little to gain from this. <laughs> Sorry, the oh, wackness goes on. I, I need to get through some of these notes. I need to purge my soul. Uh, my notes are fucking wild. This. <laughs> um, so there's a bit where the lights turn off when Bart crawls into bed with them, and there's Marge's eyes, and there's uh, Bart's eyes, but all of a sudden there's a one eye floating around, and it's Homer with a dollar bill. Oh, I'm just giving him his allowance. Yeah. What the oh, fuck is this? The Illuminati eye on top of the pyramid of the dollar bill for some reason. So, and when Homer's more productive at work, he's like sorting out like bits of nuclear glow in the dark. Shoving them in his mouth. And shoving him in his like I thought the whole premise of this episode that he got smarter or something. This whole thing with Homer getting smarter and you know more efficient because he's not having sex. Like when Seinfeld did it, the idea is George can't have sex with his girlfriend because yeah. she's recovering from mono. And you As know, in when... she's always doing a sick wheelie. Exactly. And when <laughs> sex is not an option for him, that's when he becomes intelligent. This is Homer choosing not to have sex because he can't have it one night after having a bunch of it. And that doesn't really make sense. Like, they kind of directly address the fact that he's not just, you know, cranking his hog. (laughs) I don't understand. Why does he just, like, slip up to the bathroom and just, you know... This episode of The Simpsons should deal more with masturbation than it does. That's my hot take. (laughs) Very rare in The Simpsons canon that an episode should have more references to jacking it. But this one, severely lacking, I think. Lacking and jacking. That's that's my (laughs) position here. I feel like this episode just has an uncomfortable relationship with sexuality anyway. And then when they return to Camp Krusty and now it's like a fucking swingers. Yeah, and Kirk tries to fuck Marge. Oh. Mm. No good. Can I borrow a feeling? (laughs) (laughs) Can you lend me a jar of love? That's, can I cop Uh. a feeling? (laughs) (laughs) Take my hand with your glove of love. Good app. (laughs) It's a good Kirk Sorry, I just read a note (laughs) Is it wacky? Yeah Let's hear about it Well, for the second time this episode We hear a character come (laughs) Mo and his sex bot Oh yeah Yeah. Mo and his sex bot Why is Mo fucking a machine? I don't know Outside the door of his fuck therapist Oh my god (laughs) (laughs) There's a lot of weird therapy stuff in this episode (laughs) A lot of stuff about like Bart exploiting PTSD Yeah And then he discovers he actually has PTSD And and then at one point when it turns out Lisa has it as well When they go to that water park is it? It's hard to remember the yeah, jumble of images in my head. Yeah, they kind of go to a water park for one scene where they get free passes because they're traumatized. Therapy passes. I, I got a question here. 
when Lisa gets the pass as well, Bart is annoyed. And he says, if everyone has a cut-the-line pass, no one has a cut-the-line pass. So my yeah. question here, is Bart a fan of Ayn Rand, do we think? <laughs> is he endorsing Randian principles? Who is John Galt exactly? <laughs> and uh, is this perhaps a direct reference to my good son, Brad Bird, and his film The Incredibles, which has almost the exact same line in it? Really? Yeah. Huh. Where Dash says, if everyone's super, that's another way of saying no one is. Worst line in a very good film. What do you guys think of number two? Did you see that one? Yeah, I loved it. Yeah, Wonderful. Excellent. Yeah. Better than Cam Crosstier. A much better sequel. <laughs> That's how you do a sequel. They really lost something when they lost Brad yeah. Bird. Brad Bird, director, of course, of Do the Batman. <laughs> really? Yeah. Oh, he yeah. directed Do the Batman. Oh, wow. wow. That's very good. And everybody, if you can, I would recommend doing the Batman. <laughs> <laughs> Official recommendations. <laughs> and just on that point of that you said earlier in the show, James, the whole sketch show nature of this mm. is... There's that bit in the beginning where Skinner walks in and goes, excuse me, someone's parked me in. It Why? must have been one of you. I already checked the karate school. And then the therapist is like, oh, fine, it was me. It's like, what was what was any of that? Yeah, yeah. It's, just, it's like a sketch that someone kind of pitched. And where is Marvin Monroe in all of this? Is he, Marvin Monroe. Is he in the Monroe box? This oh, because this is season four. Marvin Monroe is still around in season four. Yeah. yeah. Mm. Because this is a season 20X. 28. 28. Okay. 28. Pitching us over season four. So they should have brought back Marv. Yeah. And Hank. The Sticky Bandits. What the hell happened to my mob? <laughs> I want answers. <laughs> so we're probably going to get back to the wackiness some way or another. Yeah, there's it, a few more. <laughs> so let's talk about the heart of this episode. Fuck off. Yeah, I got a, I got a thing here. There's <laughs> a. Oh, thank you. When, I've got nothing. When Bud is in the bed with, I think it's when he's in bed with them, and he has like the shimmer of a tear in his eye, mm. and Marge says. You know, he's 10 years old. That could be the last tear that ever comes out of him. Can we talk about toxic masculinity for a bit? <laughs> yes. <laughs> when was the last time we all cried? <laughs> uh, was it during uh, this episode? Oh, <laughs> uh, No, I've cried fairly recently. Oh, I squirted a couple when I yawned. <laughs> Don't know if I want you using the word squirted. <laughs> yeah, I squirted out some tears. What off? <laughs> Just, oh. just, just, <laughs> just mid ovulation on a bloke's weekend. Good, yeah, yeah, a couple of bloody yeah, tears. That's how you cry like a bloke. Tears were made of whiskey. Yeah. Oh, I was on the party barge. Yeah, bloody tears live here. Keep tearing, keep squirting. Sorry, I don't know what any of that was. It's <laughs> staying in. Oh, fuck. Yeah. Keep squirting. That's good keep advice, squirting. I think. Mm-hmm. Johnny Squirter keeps squirting. Um, <laughs> dot com. Um, <laughs> I was going to say about the thing. Oh, heart of the episode. I actually still genuinely believe, even as terrible as that episode was, I genuinely think that the idea of revisiting the horrible experience mm. that they had at Camp Krusty and saying, hey, actually, you know what? Maybe they didn't come out of this perfectly well. Yeah. Maybe they need maybe some help. Maybe Tijuana didn't cure everything. Yeah, maybe Tijuana doesn't cure everything. Mm. I actually think that is a good idea. There was just dealt with so ham-fistedly that they took whatever little bit of heart was there, they ripped it out of Bart's chest and they threw it against the wall they and threw it, it away. down You won't be needing this. Yeah, exactly. Well, especially down to the ending where they finally get justice. <laughs> uh, they they meet this person who apparently died in the whole red vest thing. And <sighs> it's just a masseuse. In the end. Yeah, it's like, it wasn't a kid. Oh, I'm a spy. What? Yeah, there's so many layers. A spy for a travel magazine? Was it? I don't Uh, know. uh, There are so many. Working in the journalism industry, I can tell you, we got spies all over the place. (laughs) (laughs) What was he trying to find out? Yeah, I don't even know where to start on this whole fucking end. I mean, surely, like, whatever he found, he would have found it out immediately. I mean, conditions were so bad. 
Okay, yeah. so he's a spy for a travel agent. Somehow the whole camp gets turned into a sex resort within like a week. Mm-hmm. Jeez, where do we even start with this fucker? Okay, the, <laughs> the kids walk in and go, oh, we're looking for Charlie. Oh, Charlie, does he wear a red vest? The red vest was his fucking life vest. He's not wearing it when mm. they find him later, but somehow yeah. the guy knows, oh yeah, Charlie, that guy who wore a red vest once. I know who yeah. he is. Oh, God damn. Then it's like, no, I actually work for this fucking agency and now I work at this sex resort for some reason. Also, where was Mr. Black? Oh, and let's not, yeah, where was Mr. Black for stars? Mr. Black. And then he's like, and he's got that fucking bit where he's like, I'm an adult, I can swim and vote. And he's like voting, voting while underwater. he's swimming for his life at the same oh, time. Oh, yeah. Uh, uh, God um, damn. Yeah, part of my espionage. Oh, wait, I have to vote as well. I'm filling in my absentee ballot while I'm doing my fucking spy work. Oh, God. It's, it's not going to be valid if it's that wet. <laughs> and as we like to bitch about, a lot of the modern episodes have no fucking memory. So the kids are theoretically traumatized because they think they were with a kid who died. At yeah. the very beginning of this episode, Krusty gets off the bus and says, Hey, all your kids are home safe. Oh, except for the Johnsons. We have to have a talk. So there was a kid who fucking died. Oh, oh and one of the point. campers was eaten by a bear. Well, no, no, no. They just ate his hat. Was it a nice hat, though? Oh, yeah. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. God. <laughs> all right, guys. So ultimately, did it feel like an episode it of The Simpsons. It felt like an abomination. <laughs> it felt like a sketch show that happened to have The Simpsons in it. It felt like a distant echo of The Simpsons. Yeah. Like if you shared the word Simpson into a canyon and somebody <laughs> on the other side of the canyon <laughs> might hear. Like, what was that? Simpsons? <laughs> Disenchantment felt more like a Simpsons episode. It legitimately did, yeah. It, it actually uh, did. Yeah. I mean, character integrity, like, have we got anything to say? Like, because I think the show's integrity mm. is so off here that it's, like, overshadowing all of it. Yeah, again, mm. I think the first time we watched this, I said this is, like, from an alternate universe version of Hell. Yeah. <laughs> because it's just so far removed from what we understand as being The Simpsons. I guess if I am to be generous, I do like the idea that Marge wants to be having more sex than she is because that's a... Back in the 90s, we wouldn't have seen that sort of thing so yeah. much. And that's a and more... this did take place in the 90s because it is a season four episode. Yeah. yeah. And that's something like, that's not unusual for a modern sitcom at all, I think. Not but unusual for a modern sitcom. Yeah, I mean, I'm a fan of Horny Marge as well, but like in the HD <laughs> era, they just have so many missteps with her. Like the devil wears Nada where she almost fucks Flanders <laughs> and... Is that a revelation for you guys, by the way? I think that I've is, seen that one, maybe. <laughs> really? Oh. Is that the one where it, it ends with Homer like saying, oh, Flanders and my wife can have an affair? No, that's not going to happen. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Wow. And yeah, it starts out that a uh, photographer gets her drunk and takes like lewd photos of her, possibly nude. Mm. And the town gets horny for Marge and she's like, I like this attention. No, I don't like In- that. Interesting. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm looking forward to the Devil Wears Aquafaba, where they just get <laughs> covered in the liquid that you get in a can of chickpeas, which is called Aquafaba. <laughs> anyway. I've learned so much. I mean, much. I think this was more the Devil Wears Dada, because it was Dada-esque. <laughs> oh, because it was Dada-esque. Yeah. Nice. Very, very good. good. Very, but very yes good. or no, would you watch this one again? Only to confirm that it exists and was not a fever dream. I don't see any reason why I would. <laughs> No, I don't think... Except for our podcast eventually. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, outside of Pods and the Key of Springfield, I... Don't forget to like and subscribe. Thanks. I don't think I want to watch it again. It's so annoying because I still like the idea at its core, but Mm. I don't want to watch it again. Yeah, this is just a misstep of, like, huge proportions and, like, I'm surprised that I've watched it this many times. I wouldn't normally yeah, watch it. four seems like a lot. This yeah. is my fourth and, uh, God willing, my last. Like, Unless we do it for Battle Royale. Oh, yeah. It is definitely a contender for the bad episode, Battle Royale. Do you want to go downstairs and just watch it again right now? <laughs> do you need to go to a fuck therapist? <laughs> <laughs> BT, what would you change about this episode? <laughs> How long have you got? Oh, yeah. 
I don't have time to rewrite the whole script from the base up. Yep. <laughs> like, just everything. Literally everything. There's not a single syllable I would keep in this episode. <laughs> not a single okay, syllable. Okay, the only thing I might keep is when Bart's like, can I put Homer's pillows under my butt? And Homer's like, your butt is pillows. I kind of like that. Mm. Outside of that, no. Tear the whole goddamn thing down. Start over. Shoot anyone involved. <laughs> How about you, Jackal? What, what would you like to change? I feel like I would fundamentally rewrite the script. Maybe instead of having it directly after Camp Krusty, it would be like a year later and the next Camp Krusty is coming up yeah. and that's oh, yeah. the instigator of the plot. But because I don't know, like one of my notes on here just says something like, how does time work? What was it? I wrote, <laughs> what is the nature of memory? That was my <laughs> <notes>. <laughs> <laughs> and I just feel like I can accept that this is an elastic universe, but just yeah. it doesn't quite make enough sense for me, this one. But I feel like, you know, I, I'm happy with Camp Krusty being involved in somehow and the memories of that original episode being involved. I feel like setting it immediately afterwards, even though I do like Nick's point of, you know, it's a HD era, we see mm. new things, et cetera, et cetera. I just think like a fundamental rewrite. You know, Camp Krusty was originally going to be like the first Simpsons movie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It was their first thing they were going to do as a movie. Then they realized they didn't quite have like 20 minutes of material for it. So they couldn't do it. Yeah. So I don't know. It's, it's a fairly rich concept, but the way they did it didn't work. Absolutely. How about you, Nick? How would you change this episode? I actually really like James's idea of setting it a year after because mm. that helps get over a lot of the continuity hurdles of yeah. coming home from Tijuana and all that kind of stuff. I think there is a good idea here and it would have been great if they did it in season five as a flashback mm. to yep. season four. That yeah. would have worked really well because you know what? Controversial opinion in season five, better than season 28. <laughs> so, really? So uh, we're gonna get some hate mail for that. I, I reckon. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Get your oven mitts for getting that hot take. <laughs> Ooh, sorry, Al Jane. At um, Simpsonsindex <laughs> on Twitter.com. Yep. <laughs> and now on Instagram for some reason. Oh no. Nice. Keep him demanding it. So. Yep. Oh, we're on yeah. Instagram. It's good. Yeah. 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 You just use a lot of hashtags. You got a lot of likes. Yeah, it's true. Uh, the online spreadsheet that is also on Instagram, <laughs> <laughs> where you can see photos of the spreadsheet, <laughs> screenshots, Excel. Anyway, Excel and you know, there we go. Yeah, because <laughs> the thing is, I, I have to tell you guys, I'm actually in the middle of giving up spreadsheets for 40 days. And let me tell you, Ooh. it is Excel Lent. Like for, for Lent? Yeah, yeah. It, Excel Lent. Yeah, I saw that punchline yeah. coming. I'm like, oh, okay, yeah. I'm just going to yeah. do it. It's fine. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah look, there's, I don't know what to change because like... It's just so fundamentally broken as an episode. It doesn't serve itself well as a sequel, and it doesn't serve itself as an episode of The Simpsons. I think the Camp Krusty stuff, you've just got to fuck off all of that. And then the Marge Homer sexual thing, like, I mean, I was ripping on it for ripping off Seinfeld, but I think there is some story to be mined from that, from Homer being more productive at work because of a, a lack of sex. But the way they did it, just, I, I, it's just a misstep at every turn. It's just. That episode of Seinfeld, though, that episode fucks. Oh, <laughs> That's, yeah. that's the irony. <laughs> yeah, I mean, just that image of Elaine being mesmerized by the two yeah. tires spinning. Like, to me, yeah. that is just one of the greatest moments of television. George, I need to have sex. There's a time where I felt the same way, but now I have so much more to occupy my mind. For instance, the atom. <laughs> Goodbye, George. I hate you. <laughs> Fascinating turn of events. And I thought to myself, when am I going to have sex with a with Portuguese her? waitress? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I Take me to your leader. <laughs> Fuck, Seinfeld. Is Nick, can we do a Seinfeld podcast? Sure. I've already got the name picked out. It's going to yes. be called What's the Deal with Podcasts? <laughs> oh, that's good. Not podcast in the key of Seinfeld? <laughs> <laughs> no. 
the other guest star of the episode was Kevin Michael Richardson, who did a Barry White impression over the end credits, which was just a bad parody of Can't Get Enough of Your Love, Baby, mm-hmm. instead of from the perspective of Homer's... My darling, you can't get enough my love, baby. Can't get enough of your love, Yeah. Can't get enough of your love, baby. Yeah. Yeah, I- personally, I, I love the slither of a sexy female snake. That's just In- my perspective, though, on things. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Interesting. You know that episode is from season four, episode 20. Oh, oh is that from oh. The Simpsons? <laughs> wait, wait, the wait. sex number four. Hey, you know what? 20. That episode's called Whacking Day, which is what Homer really needed for <laughs> this one. <laughs> Full circle. <laughs> Very good. Musical moments. So, is there any other music that stood Musical out to you? Musical guest. Uh, no. <laughs> oh, whacking day. Oh, whacking day. It lowers productivity. <laughs> <laughs> BT, do you have any other notes? Indeed, I do. Wigan makes the ground shake when he walks towards the treehouse. That bit was stupid. Yeah, yeah, fuck that. I think we referred to that earlier as "ha ha, Wigan's fat." Yeah, <laughs> yeah. lol, Wigan fat. There's a lot of like, "Oh, look at this person, they're fat." Jokes on. Yeah. Every season of The Simpsons, really, is kind of shit. Yep. Even in the good seasons, they do a lot of that shit. Yeah. Mm. Marge says therapy, and Homer plays a theremin. Get it? <sighs> Get it? They kind of almost Man, sound Man, I the almost same. forgot this joke existed. <sighs> Jesus I didn't. Christ. That's why you hire me. What's the <sighs> fuck? Like, the, this is the laziest of shit. And the part that fucked me off the most about it is Homer was like, oh, sorry, I misunderstood. Or oh, did I? Yeah. And then goes back Ooh. to playing the theremin again. Yep. Like, it would have only been worse if she was like, I need sex, and he was playing Lisa's saxophone. Yeah, and was yeah. like, sax, sexamophone. <sighs> yes, or just holding up a giant number six in German. <laughs> saxophone. Dredrick <laughs> <laughs> Tatum is at the sex resort trying to make a, what was a peacock and a pig mate and then fight to the death. Deer and a pig. Deer and a pig, whatever. He wants to watch a deer fuck a pig and then kill each other. Well, don't we yeah. all? It's okay, the deer was racist. <laughs> watch Disenchantment. <laughs> Again, you have to remember, uh-huh. that's not a different podcast where we reference that. <laughs> Crossovers! <laughs> and then finally, but certainly not finally, Mel is like at Camp Crustier. He's all like, no, you have to come watch yeah. the play. We rehearsed for three hours. Mm-hmm. This isn't a joke. This isn't a plot line. Mel wasn't there. What the fuck is this? Yeah, that bothered yep. me. Yeah, not great. James, do you have any final notes? I got a few that uh, I'll run through them quickly because I tend to write a lot of notes. Sure. When we see Homer and Marge having sex in the treehouse at the start, uh, you can't see anything of them, and that reminded me that Fox has these like regulations where they can't show butts anymore. <laughs> so you right. can't show Homer's butt. You, you can't wanna... see little body boy's butt. Little body boy, yeah. You <laughs> definitely would have seen Homer's butt, I think, in yeah. this part. Now you can only see butts on cable. Uh, on Showtime, on Masters jackets, of Fox. Yeah, but see more I've got butts. a note here that says at least there are a lot of jokes. They're just all bad. So I feel like <laughs> I feel like there was a lot of stuff going on in this episode. That's just such like a desperate grab for a silver <laughs> lining. Yeah, it's that old Woody Allen joke. The food here is terrible and such tiny portions. <laughs> there was a, there was a bit where uh, Lisa started saying red vest, like Danny says red rum in The Shining. So I was oh. gonna. I was going to try to like ruin the podcast by just talking about The Shining for half an hour. I'd but be on board with that. It's good you thing. can listen to our episode of Pods of the Camp Springfield about The Shining. Yeah, 22 episode. short flims are tangentially related yeah. and all that. 22 long flims about or otherwise tangentially related to Springfield. One of our many sub-series. <laughs> the third Babushka doll down in the... <laughs> I think so. <laughs> One final note. You know, Homer, he's very, you know, he's not having sex. He's very productive. It's been a little while. I'm no more productive. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, hey, you're making content today. Yeah, Yeah, it's been. Yeah, we're on to recording our second podcast today. So, I mean, come on. 
I have no final notes because I don't have a notebook. <laughs> <laughs> and even if you're dead. <laughs> uh, yeah, it's a fair point. <laughs> All right, time for my final notes. So Maggie, yeah, was horribly neglected in the start of this episode. She was like wearing a KFC bucket for a diaper at one point. And didn't even Sam. play for Guns N' Roses. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Bucket Diaper. He's a really good guitarist. <laughs> like bu- Bucket Diaper would be a bassist. Yeah. <laughs> and full of shit. <laughs> so what is Marge's head made of? I uh, found yeah, the likeness when she has a ripcord to Didn't pop like her that. Up. that upset me. <laughs> Pulls a ripcord and inflates her hair. What the fuck? You know, the early concept was that hair was meant to hide that she had bunny ears, so maybe yeah. we got off lightly, really. <laughs> <laughs> true, true. <laughs> Better be buying a suit for his coffin? Why did I highlight that? Oh, uh, yeah, that's when they're talking about like buying Barge. A new school uniform, and the, oh, right. the counselor says you'd be better off buying him a new suit for his coffin. A line that I kind of found amusing. Yeah. <laughs> Yay, bleak humor. But his whole like blah, 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 routine was mm. so tedious. Yeah, they tried for the rule of threes, and they fucked it. Mm. They did. I feel like in the flashback sequence when Bart was remembering the canoe ride, the joke of Lisa having a kick me sign undercut the whole seriousness of the event. That sucked. And, and that's interesting because I feel like chicken tonight. <laughs> <laughs> That's another thing where they're trying Sorry. to cram in a lot of jokes and just none of them are that funny. Yeah. Yep. And my final note is the fox joke at the end, which I don't even remember. Uh, uh, Homer's an idiot now again. Shut so down. Yeah. Watching Fox. But they don't say what he's watching on Fox. It's such an easy joke to just yeah. have a dumb name for a program. Because it, it just says, coming up next on Fox. And then that's the end of the show. Yeah. Get it? Because Fox is dumb. Yeah. And then they do this nothing. <sighs> so indicative of this episode. All right. It is finally time to rank this thing. Rank this thing. Rank this thing. Give those rankings. <laughs> on The Simpsons. And Index. you know, with that big beard, you kind of look like a Norse god. So this is like Thor ranks a lot. <laughs> Oh my god. Boy. <laughs> you are meant to be Kratos this Halloween, so I am. I'm totally oh, doing really? that. That joke certainly wasn't low key. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> On the Simpsons Index, we rank using our six point scale, which starts down the bottom at failure. Maybe if the episode was just meh, you give a participant, but if it's good, bronze, great, silver, excellent gold, but for the best of the very best, you give cubics a conia. Now let me go first, I'm going to show you how it's done. I'm failing this one. There's just nothing to latch onto, and I have said all I wanted to say. BT, what do you reckon? Ah, uh, yeah, this is, I've been waiting to review this one because it's long been my contender for Lord of the Pit. <laughs> Send it to hell, absolute failure. Everything doesn't even remember its own episode, let alone its own history that it's referencing, and it's so yep. full of just terrible, terribleness. And just, ah, Lord. fuck it. Ah, no, nah, nah, I don't even want to fuck it because that'd, be, <laughs> that'd be too many characters coming. Two was enough. Lord of the Pipes. <laughs> just send it to hell and let it live there. Jackal, what would you like to rank this episode? Look, I feel like I have seen worse. Mm-hmm. And I feel like if there was a rating between participant and failure, maybe the siren song would call me. But there's not, <laughs> so I'm giving it a fail. It's a very bad episode. Yeah. Of our lives. <laughs> <laughs> is the distinction between participant and failure that we would watch a participant again? No. Participant is still not an episode that you'd watch again, but it didn't give you highs or lows, or the highs and lows sort of cancelled out each other. It just left you feeling flat. It participated. Whereas failure, sure. this made you feel worse for the experience of watching it. Failure. Yay! <laughs> you scared me, bro. Any more? <laughs> Sorry, man. <laughs> Even then, like a shiny failure ranking would kind of be appropriate like, as a video game journalist, this is what, like a 7 out of 10 <laughs> rating we would give this? I just like the phrase shiny failure because it just makes me want to sing, Hold me closer, shiny, shiny failure. failure. 
<laughs> Very good. Yeah, so this will be a unanimous failure. This is in the pit of failure. Womp womp. This will be joining another episode, The Old Blue Mare. She Ain't What She Used To Be, which we reviewed with... Uh, uh, fuck. Fuck that episode. <laughs> yeah, we did that almost a year ago that now. That is garbage. This will be also be joining Monty Burns' Fleeing Circus, Last Traction Hero, which we reviewed in the mm-hmm. HD Wasteland, along with Homerland. This will be joining Lisa Goes Gaga, How I Wet Your Mother, where they do Inception, but it's about Homer pissing himself. Um, I have that problem. <laughs> Inception or pissing? <laughs> yeah, a little from column A, a little from column B. Perception. And also <laughs> Dogtown, where Springfield gets overrun by dogs. What the hell happened to my dogs? <laughs> Dogtown. <laughs> Is that reputation justified? Is, Is that, that reputation justified? justified? Is it justified? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Unlike that rapper that just shouts the lyrics afterwards. <laughs> You're the hot man. So Tony Sokol of Den of Geek, we don't have a nickname for him yet. Tony, they better watch yourself, Sokol. Yeah. <laughs> He gave this episode four out of five stars. I say we call him the inner circle. <laughs> what? <laughs> four out of... Sorry, I, I really cut that off in the past. I didn't know. Four out of five stars. Wow. Are they negative stars? Are they death stars? Are they stars that are going to kill us all because they've collapsed on themselves and they become black holes? What the fuck is the inner circle thinking? <laughs> He says, Camp Crustier is a flashback episode that's heavy on couples therapy and repression, but don't let that fool you. It's still a foolhardy enterprise. Fuck you, Inner Circle. Does he know what words mean? Coming up a little hard. (laughs) (laughs) All right. And old mate Dennis Perkins of the AV Club. Ah. AV Club. Okay. Do you have a freelance budget? (laughs) Let me know. Dennis the Wildcard Perkins. He gave this episode a C minus. Which is like... For them, it's like setting it on fire. Yeah, they do have a D ranking, which I think is their failure, but C- minus is, yeah, the next step up from that. See, they have an F, but if they give something an F, it means it's kind of worth watching. (laughs) The D is the real failure. Mm -hmm. Oh, is that kind of like if you see, you know, like during Adelaide Fringe or Melbourne Comedy Festival or the Edinburgh Fringe, if something gets a zero star rating, it actually is probably worth going along and watching the fire. There's like a room level quality (laughs) of it. Yeah, right. Tommy Wiser, if you'd like to come on the podcast, <laughs> I will throw spoons at the screen. Is that what they do yeah. in the room? You did it. You made a movie reference. Yeah. Wow. This only happens once a week. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Dennis Perkins gave this a C minus. And sorry, this is a long one, but I feel like it's worth it. Well, no one can accuse The Simpsons of trampling all over one of its all-time best episodes. Actually, wait, I can. <laughs> Whoa, what a twist. <laughs> What a twist from Penis Durkins. <laughs> As the 24 seasons removed, Camp Krusty finds a way to revisit the classic Simpsons episode Camp Krusty without expanding on it, deconstructing it, or even making a memorable travesty of it. That long-absent original Camp Krusty writer David M. Stern returned to the show as main credited writer for the first time in some 18 years and produced something so innocuously unmemorable is a genuine disappointment. I'm not sure that this is innocuously unmemorable. I think we're all going to remember how bad it is. Yep. But honestly, on my fourth watch, I'm still picking up like I didn't remember shit that happened. Right. I mean, you did say that you were blind drunk on the first viewing. True. So so on your third watch, you're still picking up stuff. And I'm blind drunk now. Well, I mean. Perfect for our next episode. We are going all the way back to the teens era where we are reviewing Homer Simpson, This Is Your Wife. 
My wife. <laughs> oh, I did it. I made the reference to the thing. I, I don't remember this episode at all off the top of my head, so I'm looking forward to finding out yeah, what yeah. it is. I feel like I have seen that one. I'll find out in a moment. We'll find out in a moment. <laughs> this episode might offend you. Uh, don't you fucking dare. Oh, it's the Ricky one. Oh, I'm going to have great fun with this then. <laughs> And we are back, and we just watched our Teens Era episode for the evening. This was Season 17, Episode 15, Homer Simpson, This Is Your Wife. First released in March of Ort 6, it was directed by Matthew Nastuck, and it was written by Ricky Gervais. Although I will point out that he has said several times that he sort of just gave the main plot of the episode, and... He put his name on it, it counts. But the original idea for the episode, the whole wife swap thing, actually came from his wife, Jane Fallon, and I feel like that's worth acknowledging. In mm. this episode, Ricky Gervais comes to town and they do a wife swap thing. Yeah, that about does it. Guys, mm. what'd you think? Isn't it amazing that Ricky Gervais's wife was the one that suggested swapping wives? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's technically his girlfriend. I don't think they've ever married, have yeah. they? Oh, really? Oh. Yeah. Oh, I think he's like famously, oh, we never married. She's my girlfriend. I'm oh, an atheist. I don't believe in marriage. <laughs> oh, is Ricky Gervais an atheist? <laughs> <laughs> he rarely brings it up, but if you dig, you can find it. Ricky Gervais's atheism is one of those things where, you know how sometimes when you find someone who has the same opinion as you, but they do it terribly, it makes you want to disavow that opinion? <laughs> Richard oh. Dawkins, if you're listening. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, there are several atheists that make me not want to be an atheist anymore. But then I think about it and go, oh, I'm, I'm going to have to remain an atheist. <laughs> Ricky Gervais is definitely one of those. Yeah, that's why I label myself agnostic because there aren't any prominent like asshole agnostics out there. I'm I sure bet, there I are. Bet, I bet we could find one. <laughs> well, they, like there are. There would be assholes who are agnostic, but you know you can't really carry on about being agnostic. <laughs> yeah. You can't like make a big song and dance about it <laughs> because the whole idea is not engaging. Yeah. <laughs> no, I actually think that if, if you look at the root of the words, the Latin root of the words, I actually think it's a different thing. Agnostics do not know whether there is a god, whereas, oh, right. whereas yeah. atheists do not believe in one. And I actually yeah. think that if you look at the roots of the words, most agnostics are actually atheists because yeah. if they say they don't know, they probably don't believe. But I think society's taking them to mean a different thing. Mm. I prefer to consider myself a Gervaisist because I don't believe in, <laughs> in Ricky Gervais. Ah, powerful stance. Oh, does he offend you? Yeah. <laughs> oh. yeah. I find it weird that in an episode he claims he didn't write, he's fifty percent of the fucking episode. Yeah, right. It's so much of him. So, Nick, for better or worse, what is a moment from this episode that stands out to you? Probably the thing that stands out to me most is the Ricky Gervais song where he's singing to Marge and there's the long yeah. extended wordplay riff of like die and lady die but don't die like lady die and blah blah blah. Mostly because I was just like thinking about where I was when the news came through that mm. Princess Diana died mm. and I was eating a hot dog after going to the Royal Adelaide show. <laughs> <laughs> I was in a Kmart with my brother and mother. I don't remember. James? I was playing a board game with a friend at home, I think. What board wow. game? What board game? I don't know. And were you winning? It was Trouble. Yeah, presumably. <laughs> playing Trouble now. You know, that yeah. song's co-written with Tim from Rancid. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Pink wow. and Tim from Rancid. Which is great, because if you think of it in the Tim from Rancid voice, it totally makes sense. Ah, trouble. Ah, trouble, y'all. Yeah. Ah, trouble in my town. But yeah, Ricky Gervais's song, though. Yeah, sorry. His, yeah. his song, Not As Good As Trouble By Pink. 
I feel like Homer summed it up perfectly in this episode. You take a long time to say nothing. Yeah. And then this episode proceeds to have Ricky Gervais spending a long time saying nothing. You yep. take a long time to say, say nothing. nothing at all. <laughs> and the fact that the song like essentially repeats over the ending credits as well, just with him doing very mm. terrible ad-libbing. Yep. Yeah, it's not great. Did you notice that the Ricky Gervais, the song that goes over the end credits, appears as a song credit it's called like ending credits riff and it's credited to ricky gervais because he wrote those words he wrote those words elliot and he doesn't the, want anyone oh. plagiarizing them yeah exactly the, the words are like just um ad-libbing over the end oh it's not quite long enough i'll do a bit more mm. oh does it offend you <laughs> <laughs> so cover artists out there don't you dare touch the ricky gervais ending credits not music. unless you got those royalty money mm-hmm. yeah right how about you jackal what's a moment from this episode stands out to you for better or worse all right so let me just open by saying fuck this episode this yeah. is garbage <laughs> the moment that really stood out to me is when ricky gervais's character his name is unimportant uh <laughs> tells marge that he is in love with her he says i can tell from your basic level of uh courtesy yeah that you love me too Guys, can we talk about toxic masculinity for a moment? No. When was the last time we were all emotionally vulnerable and open (laughs) with one another and the people around us? Should we Uh, have a group hug right now? (laughs) This podcast is a group hug. Yeah, (laughs) that's a fair point. You can feel the love. Tonight. Yeah, so that was, I mean, that's like at least a relatively self-aware line in just a fucking sea of garbage. But it feels like... He's saying, oh, this is what other people who are bad do, but I don't do this, but I am doing it right now. I'm yeah. probably doing Ooh. it, you know. It's very mm. deferring his own criticism. That's what a theist might do, but I'm an atheist. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Can I, like, I just want to front load a little bit and say, I think this was worse than the other episode we watched. Wow. <laughs> I think I liked oh. this less than I liked Camp Crustier. That one at least had, like, the semblance of some things that, like, seemed like they could have been developed into jokes. Yeah. yeah. And I feel like... When I first saw this episode, I was a Ricky Gervais fan, and I Mm. think I liked it a bit, well, quite a bit more than I did this time. Now that Ricky Gervais has burnt all of his bridges and Mm. is a a real piece of shit that I just have no tolerance for, I had a very hard time watching this. Yeah. Does that offend the bridge makers that have burned (laughs) them all? I mean, extras is good at least. And The Office, but, you know, fuck Ricky. Current day Ricky, if you're out there, not a fan. Well, yeah, I I feel like, yeah, Office was lauded, is that the word I'm looking for? And rightfully so. Mm. And it spun off the much superior US version of its show. And yeah, Extras is something to marvel at as well. Derek was horrible. Derek is absolutely, Derek is even worse than what we just watched. Yeah. As Ricky Gervais and as a fan of him back in the day, I always found his stand-up specials a bit I, I don't know like heavy handed self important all of that well the first few like he'd make a lot of fat jokes and they say but I'm fat as well so you know yeah. I'm joking about myself and they got really slim and he kept making the same jokes but they got a lot more aggressive yeah there's one that he does like it's not that hard to put down cake you just have to eat some broccoli oh fat people they don't know how to eat properly and it's just like it's not a good joke and he whips his dick out and just does jacking it on stage <laughs> Does he rhyme broccoli with properly, or was that just you kind of ad-libbing a bit? Because it sounded <laughs> so, like he was spitting rhymes for a moment there. That's the hip-hop influence of Adelaide seeping into Elliot J. O'Neill, Shining yeah, style. Uh, totally. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. Del- yeah, we've got the hilltop hoods coming in later in the third segment. <laughs> How about you, BT? What is a moment from this episode stands out to you for better or worse? I feel this episode can be epitomized by the bit where Ricky Gervais's character, who from now on I'm just going to call Ricky Gervais. Yeah, yeah, it's not important. Sits down with the Marge and goes, well, I'm going to tell you a joke now. And he, well, this joke is actually quite funny. And it goes on and on mm. and on. And then she's all like, that's not funny. He goes, oh, no, no, I understand. If you think about it, though, it is a little bit funny. It's like, for fuck's sake, it's just... Oh, yeah, it's... it reminds me of his latest special, which this is around the point that I turned it off in the twenty-minute mark, and he like makes a terrible transgender joke about Caitlyn Jenner, and goes, "Now this is why it's a clever joke," and then he proceeds to deconstruct the bad joke that, just, mm. "No, yeah. I got it, dude. Is You're the... just fucked." <laughs> is the reveal like, "Oh, it's a clever joke because I hate transgender people." Is that <laughs> where he ends up going? But Essentially, it, yeah, it feels like he's just trying to have his cake and eat it too. Where he's just gonna be like, "I'm gonna tell a joke, and you're gonna laugh at that, and then I'm gonna explain the joke, and you're gonna laugh again, realizing how clever I am." I mean, it's like, mm. for fuck's sake, it's not even good. No. <laughs> yeah, this is marvelously disappointing. <laughs> like, And I'm going to say the moment from the story that stood out to me was the ending where they tried to give him some sort of redemption and then they just pile on a bunch of jokes towards Patty, which are just shit. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. fundamentally fucked jokes. Transphobic jokes, too. Very. Yeah. I've said on our podcast, I don't really like it when the writers go to the whole, like, look at Patty and Selma. They're, like, single and not attractive, so they are inherently jokes. And this is a particularly bad example where Mm. Ricky Gervais's wife leaves him for Patty... And then Homer comes in and he's like, yeah, she's, that's actually a woman. Oh, looks like a man. Yeah. <laughs> that's the sound of him taking a shit mid-sentence. <laughs> oh. Yeah, there were a lot of characters taking a shit during this episode. Yeah. <laughs> Whereas last episode, we just heard them come. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very bodily expulsions episode, oh, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Very <laughs> much. We're going to get puke next one? I don't know. God, I hope so. <laughs> is that the playlist that he's going on? Bodily expulsions? <laughs> <laughs> Wait till you see what... What's uh, the classic episode in the Bodily Expulsions playlist? Ugh. Are we going to watch the movie Stand By Me? <laughs> I haven't seen it, actually. I don't oh, get that There's a scene of a bunch of kids vomiting. Oh, really? Yeah. That's it's great. It's a great movie. Oh. Directed by Rob Reiner, the director of This Is Spinal Tap. A very Rob good Reiner, movie. if you were out mm-hmm. there. <laughs> I'd just like to be friends. You know, you don't need to come on the podcast. <laughs> I just think we should like be pen pals. <laughs> Hit him up on Twitter at Jekyll. Yes. So, Play Count, how many times before tonight have you seen this episode? Uh, probably three or four, I think. Yeah? Not heaps. Yeah, but... about the same for me, although, like, I had a much fonder memory of this episode. Yeah. But the last time I would have seen it would have been when I still thought Ricky Gervais was, like, a person <laughs> worth acknowledging. <laughs> Whereas now you're a Gervaisius and choose not to recognize him. Ooh. How about you, BT? Uh, at least once. I think that's about it. Yeah, I'm echoing your point, man. I I feel like I liked this back in the day. and uh, That wasn't my point, that was his point. Yeah, I was pointing towards him. You were looking at me, but gesturing, I'm confused. Oh, man. I'm bad at eye contact, (laughs) man. (laughs) Oh, man, because the listeners could hear you pointing (laughs) in the wrong direction. So let's talk about the wackiness of this episode. What were some of the cartoony elements that stood out to you guys? Uh, Homer with that fucking TV at the start. Oh, that was great. Shut the fuck up, Homer. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, A lot of my notes are just very angry on this one. Yeah. Carl with his whole, oh, there ain't no party like a Lenny party because a Lenny party don't stop. I better go home. I have work in the morning. What what the fuck is this? Yeah, it's like this episode was full of telegraphed jokes that pointed out the telegraph and then 
did it again. Uh, I think it's pretty wacky that Homer was able to sign up both him and Marge to appear on a reality TV show when Marge didn't actually know what the reality TV show was. Yeah. That's an interesting interpretation and of I mean, contract that annoying law. extended, I'll do it. Yeah. I'll do oh. it. Oh, yeah, they show her trying to do an interstitial and it goes on for a fucking hour and a half. <laughs> <laughs> Roughly. Yeah, they extended the runtime hey, of this Ricky episode. Hey, Ricky write a longer script, why don't you? <laughs> okay. Oh, right. I'll oh, do it. Ricky. 50 times. <laughs> you're so fine. You're so fine. You blow my mind, oh, oh. Ricky. <laughs> yeah. Oh. Sorry, it's hard to clap in notebook at the same time. <laughs> I got shunned out of the cinema when I, when I clapped during the notebook. Depends <laughs> <laughs> when you were clapping, I think. Just every time That's Ryan Gosling was on screen. <laughs> oh, there he is, my boy. <laughs> oh, he's like a baby goose. I call him Ryan Baby Goose. Who are you guys? Hunk, hunk. <laughs> <laughs> Who are his guys? <laughs> I've never called him Ryan Baby Goose before, but I'm only going to call him Ryan Baby Goose from now on. I doubt you've... Could you recognize him by his face? Ryan Gosling? Yeah. Yeah, because I would look at a picture of Ryan Gosling and then go, not the guy from Dawson's Creek, not Ryan Seacrest. You confused him with Ryan James Vanderbeek. <laughs> yeah, I, I, would, I would confuse him with James Vanderbeek. Wait, is Ryan Gosling... No, he's not the Deadpool guy. No, that's no. Ryan Reynolds. Ryan Reynolds. Who you would confuse with James Vanderbeek because they look the fucking same. James oh, Vanderbeek should have Ryan Reynolds' career. That's my Ooh. hot take. I think Vanderbeek is the superior actor. He is Ooh. funnier. Do you think the crying meme ruined Vanderbeek's career? That really ugly crying meme? I think so, because a lot of his career since has been very self-referential. Self-referential. Like if you see him in like Don't Trust the Bitch in Apartment 23 or What Would Diplo Do? He plays himself now. What would Duplo do? Be a bigger version of Lego? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so this has been uh, the Vanderpeek cast. I tried to come up with a better name than that. Uh, I'm, I'm Vanderpeek uh, rules, I suppose. Like Dor- Vanderpump rules. That's Dor- a TV Dor- show. Dawson speak. Do- oh, Dor- Dawson speak. That is good. That is fucking solid. All right, BT, you're in as our naming guy. Fuck yeah. Holy shit, has the Simpsons Index now got the Bushka Doll podcast within it? I don't want to wait. Yeah, it does. <laughs> For this part to be over. <laughs> Let's just start a new podcast, just Dawson's Creek. Uh, speaking of Dawson's Creek, they do a weird reference to Misha Barton in this episode. Yeah, remember when Misha Barton was a thing? Yep. Misha Barton, was, if you're out there, was she from the OC. Yeah. Whoops, I fucked that up. Yeah, I was about yeah. to say, was, was she from the OC? This was the OC theme song, California. California. Misha Barton, something, something. Here we come! Yeah. I thought I'd just give it a go. I actually meant to mention the moment before this where they actually run into Dan Castellaneta. Yeah, this is weird. Oh, yes. Worlds are colliding. Yeah. George is getting upset. <laughs> it just didn't feel worth it. It was just Dan saying, hey, watch out for that thing. And then Homer crashes into Misha Barton statue. Yeah, it is strange. doesn't make sense. It is like the omelette egg flip theory that we discuss in our podcast. Everything is <laughs> just folding in on itself. Yeah. It's, it's weird. And was it worth, you know, bending the Simpsons universe in on itself for that? No. I did no, like that they got a tour of the Fox studio, though. Because I once got to go on a tour of the Warner Brothers studio, and it reminded me of that. So I had a happy little moment. <laughs> and then you remembered you were watching the season 17 episode. Yeah. An episode that I kept thinking, oh, I remember liking this. It'll get good eventually. And then eventually realizing, no, I'm just going <laughs> to not enjoy this. Is there any more about the wackiness? I, I don't got shit. No, this, no. Uh... If anything is not wacky enough. Yeah. Some whack would there's have been like, a- There's not that many jokes in the middle portion. It's like well, Ricky just sort of stumbling around, failing to be funny. 
the other wife does burn Homer's underwear in the sink for some reason. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, and he walks in thinking it's a delicious smell. In a scene that it feels like they did half of and then said, fuck this, and then <laughs> forgot to cut out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. We're short on time because we have to put aside 19 minutes for Ricky Gervais to stumble. Who yeah. only yeah. submitted a five-page script. But <laughs> five <laughs> on the back script. of a cocktail napkin. <laughs> and page four was, I play guitar for too long. Did you know <sighs> I could play guitar? I'm going to play guitar. It's going to be a good song. I haven't written it yet, but I will. It'll be really good. Everyone will love it. We'll download it on iTunes. Where is Kel It'll Pilkington in all cups. of this? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bring in Pilkington. <laughs> Definitely. So how about the heart of this episode in an episode about relationships and Um, wife swapping what do you guys think of the heart charles is a wanker (laughs) was there any heart there's very little it seems like a typical episode like this there'd be some reaffirmation of homer and marge's marriage sure Sure. like that's usually what you get in an episode like this and you just don't Mm. like at the end you get homer singing what seems like a romantic song it turns out it's to the tv mm-hmm. and then he says and marge you're pretty great as well and she turns and says yeah whatever which really is my feeling towards this episode <laughs> summed up perfectly it's such a grim ending right like yeah i think weirdly the most amount of heart i got from this episode was a kind of vague nostalgia about how excited homer got over the plasma tvs yeah. and it made me think about when flat screen plasma tvs first came out but yeah. now no one buys plasma tvs anymore because all about that led bro all they got that, that burn in. LED, mm. LCD. Mm-hmm. Plasma's only last 10,000 hours, and, you know, we watch way more TV than that. Liquid I've watched about 10,000 hours this week. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but ultimately, though, did it feel like an episode of The Simpsons? Felt like an episode of Look at Ricky Gervais, everybody. Yeah. And, yeah, his character was an office manager as well that they felt. Uh, yeah, and if it had been more David Brent, I probably would have got on board, but it was just. Mm. Yeah, there was really nothing to that character. Yeah, I feel like the teen Simpsons has a like certain tone and feel to it that is unique to that era. The animation style and some of the music stings and just sort of how things look and move. Yeah, and in the opening like minute, I found this episode kind of comforting after Camp Krusty. It's like, <laughs> oh yeah, this is like <laughs> the this familiar mode of the Simpsons. They're sort of like yeah. comfort food, not as good, but still like. Like getting into a warm bath version of The Simpsons. And then after that first minute, that was kind of gone for me. Like, I just wasn't enjoying it. Quick question. What comfort foods are you eating in the bath? What comfort foods are you not eating in the bath? Noodles, mostly. (laughs) But are they floating around? Noodles? What noodles? (laughs) Are they they floating around you and you're just chopsticking them out of the water and into your face? I mean, if, if you spill your bowl, sure, but... Well, yeah, good old ramen bath. <laughs> why do I feel like somewhere in Australia there'll be like a relaxation place called ramen bath <laughs> where they just fill up a spa with broth? Uh, let's, let's appreciate that broth after you finish your noodles. That stuff's good. That's soothing. <laughs> I mean, yeah, yes. Do I want to bathe in it? Not necessarily. I mean, you don't think you like, do. You're not going to those Japanese broth houses? <laughs> <laughs> I've gone to heaps of brothels, but I didn't realize that was the same thing. Um, Very yeah. good. All right. Uh, so, yes or no, would you watch this <laughs> episode? Bit of wordplay. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, so yes, I talked over you. No, I, did, I did it again. Uh, so I'm doing it again. A, uh, Do I? Do I? <laughs> oh, we're so funny. Yep. Yes or no, would you watch this one again? Watching this episode is like being in a room with like a mod radiation problem. Like you feel <laughs> like you should leave the room. Mm-hmm. And, like, it's not until, like, the end of the episode, like, I might be dying from watching this. <laughs> so... I would prefer not to. Yeah. I think, for me, this one passes the hangover test. Really? If I was laying on a couch hungover, I would not pick it up and switch it over to a different channel, but I would not seek out the episode. 
Wow, uh, yeah, the, if this came on, I'd turn it the fuck off. How about you, V2? Yeah, me too. I would shut this one down. I found this one a lot more grim than I anticipated. Grim. It upset me on a deeper well, level than I thought it would. For about the halfway point, I was like, yeah, yeah, I guess I'll probably participate in this. But then I just got so bored. Mm. I'm like, yeah, this is a legitimate threat to my health. <laughs> <laughs> Going to be literally bored to death. Yeah. <laughs> I can feel my pulse slowing from watching it. So, Nick, what would you change about this episode? I would uh, cut out most of the Ricky Gervais. Good I move. Would, I would develop more tension between the Simpson family and Ricky Gervais's wife. I would cut the transphobic jokes with Patty. Very. Um, and Patty. Patty. <laughs> I would also then, after I've already cut out more Ricky Gervais in step one, in step four, I would go back and cut out more of the Ricky Gervais. <laughs> Very good cutting. Thank you. Ricky Gervais, you're a cut. <laughs> How about you, Jacob? What would you change about this episode? Okay, if we take it as a given that Ricky Gervais has to be in this episode, because no. I feel like that's the only way this is really going to work since mm-hmm. he wrote and everything. Yep. Develop Ricky Gervais into an actual character. Don't just let him fucking mad lib some shit like he's doing in this episode. Fucking really? Tighten up his dialogue. Make him a real person. Don't just let him fucking waffle on forever. Mm. Mm. Introduce some sort of actual conflict. Make the Homer Marge thing more of a thing than it is because there's there's nothing between them in this one and there really should be. Yeah. Yeah. They should be the heart and soul of this plot, but they're just not. Put the heart back into it. There's no heart in this episode at all. It is a bunch of... Just guts lying on the table. Yeah, it just feels what? like improv bullshit. It's like when you go and see like a bad comedian and they just won't shut the fuck up. And you, <laughs> like you really want to leave. Like, you know, you're starting to like itch in your skin. Like you yeah. can't stand it. It's so awkward and awful. BT, what would you change? Uh, I think we've already covered it. It's just has some actual conflict there because the setup for an interesting conflict is there and they just yep. kind of don't throw it. Like Marge effectively gets sold down the river so they can get a new TV and she's mm. mad about that. And there's so much to get from that and to not follow it at all is just frustrating and instead yeah. have just all this ad-libbed improv boring as fuck bullshit uh, and add Stephen Merchant as well bring him in yeah yeah <laughs> some more Stephen <laughs> let Stephen Merchant write the episode I'd like to see that but yeah as for what I'd change yeah I'm saying total teardown I didn't like the start thing total teardown total teardown Thank you for the new Put on your hard hat. <laughs> We're in the teardown zone. <laughs> Get your high vis. Total teardown. <laughs> Welcome to Teardown Nation. <laughs> you know what I find amazing about the English language? Yes. You can raise something, R-A-I-S-E, which means mm-hmm. to lift up, or you can raise, R-A-Z-E, which means to tear down. Yep. And you can e-raise, which is Ooh. doing that online. Yes. <laughs> That's my face when I'm like and already then, editing the episode in my head and taking yeah, like, the like okay. <laughs> keep it in and double it. And you can <laughs> and you can erase, which is a thing you do in MS Paint. Huh. Just just copy and paste us laughing and stick yep. it there. And then you can raise it. And but you can also raise it. Oh dear. E-raise. Oh, a bit of wordplay. <laughs> so you wanna see why that's funny? <laughs> oh, see, Please. Let let me explain homophones, yeah? <laughs> hey, did we address the fact that Ricky Gervais is an atheist? <laughs> I don't think it we has did. not come up. It, I'm actually surprised it didn't come up in this episode. Are you saying that he is a theist? Like he is someone who believes in God? Is that what I understand? Oh, that's an interesting interpretation. Ricky, if you're out there, <laughs> please are we right in saying that you are a Christian? <laughs> <laughs> 
Because that's what we can extrapolate from the information <laughs> given to us. Yeah, tweet us and we'll explain that joke to you. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you're offended. <laughs> it's perfectly okay to be offended by things. Shut the fuck up, Ricky. Oh, right. <laughs> there we go. So, uh, Nick, do you have any final notes about this episode? No. <laughs> Good. How about you, Jackal? Do you have any- <laughs> Well, how about you, John? I don't know if I've made this clear, but it was very bad, oh. and I hated it. Let me—I oh. think I feel like I did have. I'm bothered that Lenny lives in such a nice place because I remember the days where his wall yep. would fall down. He'd say, "Please don't tell anyone how I live." <laughs> I enjoyed yeah, that. Yeah, he really upgraded, didn't mm-hmm. he? There's an itchy and scratchy cartoon, and I'm glad to see that Scratchy got his face shot off by a gun. <laughs> Whilst in uh, the the head hole of a guillotine, yeah, is yes. there a technical term for that? Head hole, I oh. reckon. Uh, it's French, so le head hole, <laughs> <laughs> le grill. <laughs> what the hell is that? And that's the end of my notes. Oh, that's the end of that chapter. Uh, how about you, BT? Any other notes? The only chuckle I did get was Homer collecting forty years of the Family Circus and then just immediately burning it. I once had a bedroom that was covered in Far Side cartoons. Well, far Side was great, yeah. Far yeah. Side fucks. Far Side's <laughs> much better than whatever Family Circus is. <laughs> yeah, uh, Elliot, I was curious how you felt about the Irish racism? Oh, well, as a, the Irish representative on this show. My surname is O'Connor. <laughs> hey, O'Neill, do you ever have problems with, like, airport tickets, like, making the apostrophe, like, five other letters that ah, aren't the apostrophe? To be sure, to be sure, to be sure. <laughs> O-postrophe, Neil. Staunchly in favour. Staunchly in favour. Staunchly in favour. Excellent. Excellent. Glorious. Uh, my final note is, okay, there's a stupid bit where the way they get Marge home is Lisa shows up being flown in by Fox to get her back, but it's like, why? Mm. They're in the middle of sh- recording a mm. show for Fox, and they have no reason to pull out. The context of even why it's happening, because that's right when the drama is happening, they wouldn't pull her mm. out. If things were getting boring, they'd pull her out. It's dumb as shit, and it's just and like, oh, let's just get her back to home to The Simpsons now. And it would have made sense if Lisa had a camera crew behind her, yeah. and it was like, well, I'm here as part of the show to get you back. Yeah. But she wasn't. She was flown in on a helicopter. Yeah. Uh, I think it was a Frito line. I don't even know. It was like, okay, the plot says you need to be home at The Simpson house now, so let's go. The Simpson house. Yeah, As an Irishman, I did like that it was chips. You know, they're made from potatoes. From potatoes, yeah. That's good. Mm. Have you got a favourite type of potato? Favourite type of potato? I like, more a, than one. I like like a Kessler potato. Who's more than one? I just, I've never thought about potatoes as much. Oh, they're, they're, I mean, oh, you've got to think about potatoes, man. <laughs> there are Russets, there are King Edwards, so there are Kiplers, yeah. there are... There yeah, are, there's the original, there's Ruffles, there's, there's <laughs> potatoes. <laughs> Careful, they're Ruffled. <laughs> All right, time for my final notes. Homer wants the deepest chamber pot for watching the HDTV. That was a weird mental picture that I had to picture. I've got a general view against shitting in lounge rooms. <laughs> I'm putting it out there. Oh, Nick, I'm sorry. Is that why you've been looking at me weird every time I do it in your lounge room when That's... we're recording our podcast, uh, Boss of the Kids Springfield? Does that offend you? <laughs> does it offend you that I'm shitting in your living room, yeah? Because I'm an eighth of shit, yeah? Just imagine Ricky Gervais staring at you right in the eyes as he's shitting in a chamber pot in your lounge room. James, at least use the chamber pot. I'm better than you because this doesn't offend me. (laughs) I'm following the turd of God. (laughs) The word of God. (laughs) Um, There was another reference to two and a half men here. Uh, I think you called it, Nick. (laughs) Yeah, I know. You made an incidental throw forward. I did some weird throw forwarding. Reference to the cold dead eyes of Charlie Sheen in two and a half men. One of the better jokes in this episode. Mm. There was a podcast I listened to once or twice called Probably Science. And one of the co-hosts was once telling a story about he was on holiday in somewhere. And there was on the tour bus or whatever it was, there was a a German tourist. And they were talking about like American culture and how it's perceived in Germany. And the German guy went, oh, yeah. 
I love that show, Two and One Half Men. <laughs> and it's one of those things, it's such a tiny difference in the phrasing, but yeah. it makes it so much funnier. <laughs> Two and One Half Men. So there was a dancing cold sore ad that I didn't think much of, but I felt like bringing up now for no, some reason. It lingered um, too long. It was me. okay, but it went on too long. Was the dancing cold sore supposed to look like one of the California raisins? Because the <laughs> California think... raisins are referenced a few times on uh, The yeah, Simpsons. But I feel like no, because they would have been singing or something. Uh, that's a fair point. They would have been playing saxophones. Hey, yeah. is, does a California raisin, does that like bring up the building or push it? <laughs> 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 If your cold sore looks like a California raisin, please <laughs> notify someone. If you're a dermatologist, immediately. Not us, but someone. <laughs> yeah. I did like Homer's book report on CSI, i got to admit. Yeah, that was right. I don't know. Like, I'm not a big fan of these, hey, look, there's adults speaking like a kid joke. I feel like there's a way of doing it. And I don't know. I don't know. I liked, and then a family was eating at Olive Garden. And then I fell asleep. And then Letterman was talking to Alias. <laughs> I do like Letterman talking to Alias. Yeah. Jennifer Garner, if you aren't listening. I saw Jennifer yeah. Garner once. Yeah. Really? Yeah, I was in LA and I was walking through this bar. I looked at it and thought, hey, that woman looks a lot like Jennifer Garner. And I thought, wait a minute, I'm in Los Angeles right now. Probably was. was yeah. And then she was hosting an event next to the event that I was at. Holy shit. So That's Jennifer amazing. Garner, if you're out there, you broke up with Ben Affleck like a few months later. I know that it was because yeah. of me. <laughs> and uh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I she saw Jekyll across the room. And knew there was better out there. Yeah. <laughs> and she thought, ugh, man. <laughs> I can't deal with this marriage anymore. Uh, I once ordered a meal and on the side of on, on the side of the plate next to the meal. Jennifer was... Garnish just <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say this is where we go. Uh, sorry, I just thought be... we should save some time. <laughs> it's gonna be a Jennifer Garnish. <laughs> Fuck all of you. Alright, I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> that feels mean now that I've done it. <laughs> No, it's fine. It wasn't going to be worth it. <laughs> it was going to be classic Shaggy Dog story where like the the joke is the setup takes four minutes because I was I was planning a four minute setup for that joke. The aristocrats. Yep. Um, <laughs> and my final note is there's a weird Trump riff in this episode. Oh, there yeah, is the Trump yeah. riff. Yeah. Uh, you're fired. Yeah, it's a reference. Uh, Donald Trump. Yeah, you'd know him. Uh, you know, if you knew him, you'd think it was funny. We do know him. Yeah, what is that mm. guy up to now? <laughs> I've got uh, some alarming news for you. I've heard he hit yes. the bottle pretty hard after the Apprentice <laughs> got cancelled. Yeah, his huh. show got cancelled and it's downhill from there. Yeah, yeah. I'm sure he didn't bounce back in any you know serious or destructive way. Mm-hmm. I've heard that he's eating millions of peaches, peaches <laughs> for me, because he is now one of the presidents of the United States of America. Huh. Don't care for that news. <laughs> <laughs> That joke hurt my foot. I don't want to touch it. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Donald Trump, if you're out there, we don't like you. You know what? We think you're a bad president. You know what? He's Trump. He's Trump. He's Trump. He's in your head. (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) It must be time to rank this thing. Rank Rank this thing. thing. Oh, I love the call and response. Jaikal, kick it off. Okay, well, as I just said a moment ago, I think this is actually worse than Camp Crustia. In that Camp Crustia at least seemed to be trying for something. This one, I just feel like I've drunk a small amount of poison. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to give it a fail. I feel like uh, I have to now. It was awful and I hated it and I feel worse for the experience of having watched it. And I would actively avoid it in future. I'm failing it. Fuck that episode. It was awful. All right. How about you, Nick? What would you like to rank this thing? You know, with this episode and the last one we watched, 
I spent a lot of time hovering at participant because I feel like I've built up a reputation in podcast land as someone that just hates everything. And I actually <laughs> don't. It's just that I'm not interested in most things. Sure. But this one's failed. Oh. <laughs> I am not interested in giving any this one any room to breathe. Mm-hmm. Right into the pit. How about you, BT? Yeah, I'm going to fail. I was okay with it for a while. And then I just got really, really bored. And it just, it's lazy. That's probably the biggest sin. And yeah. there's, there's so much you could do with this. And they didn't even try with it. And it's just boring and lazy. And I didn't like it. And Mr. Elliot J. O'Neill? Oh, what would I like to rank this thing? Yeah, I'm failing this as well. I brought it to you guys today thinking it would be a participant. Because yep. I thought I'd let you guys get off too light in the teens episode last time <laughs> uh, we podcasted together with mm. Grifter the Magi. Which oh, that's was, a great episode. Oh, that was a lot of fun. But yeah, I needed to show you the horrible side of the teens. But <laughs> I never intended it would be this bad. I thought this was a participant for yeah. sure. But no, this is... It's so pathetic. <laughs> like, yeah, good term for it. <laughs> Very good term. Is this the first time on Simpsons Index you've had two unanimous failures in a row? Hol- uh, say for HD Wasteland and... Oh, team. okay. Yeah. Well, I don't think the Wastelands count because I think they're separate bonus episodes. No, but, but in, a, in a regular ass episode, yeah, I think this is the first time we've had two unanimous failures. And, and, this- we, and we call that... The in- index oh, finger. I said on the last one. <laughs> you know, that's the other thing I keep editing out of the episodes is when these guys have to remind right. me that do the finger thing. <laughs> yes, yeah, the so- finger thing means the taxes. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, the as- finger thing means retaxes the bad guy from Baba. <laughs> what kind of wow. is that? <laughs> the elephant show. Yeah, yeah, the elephant show. Wow, the rhinoceros. Yeah, wow. Yeah, the rhinoceros. Yeah. God damn, that's. A, I haven't thought about that in a million years. Yeah, well, welcome to my world. Yeah. <laughs> so yes, in the first time in the Simpsons Index history, in a regular ass episode, yes, we are giving two episodes the index finger, and this will be joining another episode from season seventeen, the Italian Bob. <laughs> Fuck that episode. Yep. Where? Oh, the one where they do the opera in Italy. Yeah. yeah. Okay. yeah. Mamma mia. <laughs> <laughs> What else will be joining? Ones that I didn't say before. Frink Gets Testy, which we reviewed the other week. That was horrible. Grampy, Can You Hear Me? Um, I have, I let you down. I curse the day that I was born and all the sorrow in this world. And also, Love is in the N2O2ARCO2NEHECH4 and The Musk Who Fell to Earth, starring Elon Musk. Um, Ooh, fuck that guy! Yeah, wow. fuck that episode. Yeah. That was like, and that was back when people were, were less on the fuck Elon Musk bandwagon. So. When people were pro Musk. Yeah, when, yeah. He, when he wasn't such a bad guy, and yeah, yeah he's. Oh, uh, well, he hadn't shown his true colors. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> when he had his, when he had his musketeers. I, yeah. <laughs> I just really hope we're gonna go three for three on this. So the next episode you show us is also I really garbage. Hope, I really hope Elon Musk comes on this show. <laughs> Elon Musk, if you're listening, go fuck yourself. <laughs> All right. Well, no, this won't be three for three because now we are going back to the classic era. We are going to see season seven's A Fish Called Selma. Oh, that's a good episode. We'll be back. And we are back and we just watched our classic episode for the evening, which was Season 7, Episode 19, A Fish Called Selma. First released in March of 96, it was directed by Mark Kirtland, written by Jack Barth, but this was a freelance writer who uh, made the basic plot outline and then the Simpsons writers all got in there and fixed it all up. Anyway, in this episode... Uh, the Troy McClure episode. Everyone knows this one. He mm. marries Selma and uh, fake wedding and fish fetishes. Guys, what do you think? 
I really enjoy how hard this episode hits the fish fetish. <laughs> and, and yet, always, always in a very subtle way. I think oh. it flew over my head a little bit as a kid. And the fact that it just relentlessly comes back to it, I just uh, love it. Yeah, that bit towards the end, it goes, no, what I have is a romantic abnormality that yeah. must be hidden away at all costs. And here in the year 2018, you know, last year we had The Shape of Water won the Oscar. <laughs> That's a film about a woman who wants to fuck a fish. Yeah. And now, you know, like Troy McClure could probably did quite well yeah and isn't aquaman about to come out yeah is, is that a movie about yeah. people that have romantic interstitial i'm sure aquaman would fuck a fish if it came to it i reckon he might who controls the i mean fish? i think he would aquaman. come to it that's the yeah, that's <laughs> the implication get himself a bit of fish head roly-poly fish head jason momoa <laughs> if you are listening <laughs> all right so starting out with you james for better or worse what is a moment from this episode that stands out to you moment well obviously the fucking planet of the apes musical <laughs> yeah. yeah let's go that, that is right. by yeah. far the most iconic yes. oh yeah part of this episode and it fucking rules one thing that like i've listened to and i've sung it myself far more than i've watched the episode i suppose yeah. And um, one thing that sort of like I forget about sometimes is how gloriously shit the musical is. Yeah. <laughs> just like right down to him holding like a cardboard gun. Yeah. <laughs> just the the incongruous like break dancing and the <laughs> the terrible pyrotechnics. It's wonderful. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I did start to think: is this where my general disrespect of musical theatre comes from? <laughs> from all the terrible Simpsons, because Simpsons have a lot of horrible musicals, and I think this is maybe peak horrible musical. And yeah, I started thinking, oh, is this why I don't like musical theatre? Well, is this also <laughs> why you hate every chimp you see? From chimpanzee <laughs> through to, to if I'm understanding correctly, through to chimpanzee. That's interesting. I would have said chimpanzee, but you know. <laughs> is it because they tend to make a monkey out of you? Mm, explain how <laughs> is, it, is, is this an evolution thing oh isn't it oh my gosh i was wrong because you know it was evolution all, all along, along. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah the planet of the apes i mean i love this scene so much like and i even think like the background is beautiful the way that the blue and the pink fade into each other mm. like it's just a beautiful scene I think, yeah, this is probably making the table read laugh enough. They poured everything into it because it absolutely shines out. I'm against a very good episode anyway. And we noticed in the last, when we did the musical clip show, that this song was weirdly absent. Mm -hmm. Like, no, they just had to have Send in the Clowns, that iconic one. Send in the Clowns. <laughs> uh, by Dr. Marvin Monroe. <laughs> <laughs> Excellent. Something I find strange, though, about the Dr. Zaya song is that listening to it tonight, it's, I think it's the first time I've realised that a lot of the lines have weird clipped intros and outros. Okay. Like, it felt like any line had this weird, almost like they had to clip the ending of the word a bit to try and make it fit into the next line. Yeah, maybe. Almost like they were singing to a different backing track because it didn't quite fit. So but they were just playing Amadeus and just singing over it and didn't Rock quite... me Amadeus? Yeah. Originally by Falco, I believe. Falco, the Super Smash Brothers character from Star yep. Fox. <laughs> oh, yeah. I thought it I was. Guess you're good for something. <laughs> I thought it was the dragon from Neverending Story. You mean Falcor? Falcor, right? Sorry. Yeah, that's oh. the heavy metal version. Yes, yeah, the heavy metal version. There we go. Um. So yeah, anything else you want to say about the Planet of the Apes musical? It fucks. It's yeah. good. <laughs> yeah, it is yeah. the centerpiece of this episode. I used to listen to this song on that album, uh, Songs in the Key of, I forget the rest of it, but the yeah. pod field. <laughs> yes. Index. Control pods. <laughs> <laughs> a CD that is also a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> 
Man, imagine if podcasts came out on CDs. Uh, I think about that sometimes. It'd be like one episode per disc. Yeah, I'm pretty sure that's <laughs> what you're like, lucky. The Martin Malloy EP stuff was. Yeah, yeah oh, that yeah. was a fucking good CD. Uh-huh. Where's me pine? <laughs> <laughs> oh, me plums. <laughs> Tony Martin, if you're out there, that one specific bit really made a big impact on me. Oh, totally. <laughs> cool, blimey, that's, that's a big one. Oh, doctor, you're incorrigible. <laughs> This one bit was so foundational for so many Surprising, people. Yeah. I love it. Oh, Dr. Zayas, you're <laughs> BT, how about you? What is a moment from this episode that stands out to you for better or worse? I like that Selma and Troy bond over smoking. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And it's still not portrayed in a positive light. Like, they're still giving shit for it. But I like how that's kind of the thing that moves them from awkward acquaintances to an actual couple. It's a nice transition. You get some jokes out of it. Yeah, it's like smoking five cigarettes at once. Now, My head is swimming. Elliot, uh, BT, have either of you ever tried a cigar? Yes. Uh, so fucking good. Like I, I a, good, <laughs> a good one is I tried smashing. one puff of one once, and I handed it back to my friend and said, that was amazing, can never do it again. <laughs> this can't be who I am, but that's fucking good. Way to go. That's not often the case with people who try nicotine once. <laughs> hmm, nothing will beat that. <laughs> I bet I can let this go now. <laughs> yeah, that's why I had to let it go. After one puff, like, oh, I'm really into this, so I cannot touch it. <laughs> yeah, no, the first cigar I had was with Danny, and he threw up, so... <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that was me, because I'm Daddy Rosewell. <laughs> what? <laughs> Who's Irish all of a sudden? <laughs> but there's also like a little uh, subtle, I'm assuming it's subtle and not a mistake, when they're at, was it UGLI, the, uh, yep. the bar? And the first time she cracks out the cigarette, they're all like, uh, how, what are you doing? And then later on, it's like, oh, Miss Bouvier, would you like a cigarette? Once you That's become successful. That's because Troy has bounced uh, back now. He's yeah, a, now yeah. that he's a big shot, she, they're nice allowing Nice little it. bit of cigarette yeah. symbolism. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I'm always on the lookout for cigarette symbolism. So, that's, yeah, <laughs> that, that's good. Also, UGLI, you ain't got, got no, no alibi. alibi. You ugly. Hey, oh, hey, oh. you ugly. Oh. I'm always on the lookout for Daphne and Celeste symbolism. Yeah, you're always saying to me before the start of every episode of our podcast you are to be on the lookout for Daphne and or Celeste. Yeah, I am. But yeah, the, yeah, the whole smoking thing and they didn't portray it in a positive light and they were making each other cough and then mm. the whole breath mint thing as well, the um, little spray. <laughs> Fuck, yeah, to be clear, through. we all think that smoking is very cool, right? <laughs> <laughs> we're smoking right now. We're not Melvins. <laughs> <laughs> Out of curiosity, what is the smoking history with y'all? I did have a period where I only would smoke because I wanted to get used to it enough. So if we were in an apocalypse situation and they were handing around a last cigarette, I wouldn't cough. <laughs> That's not a <laughs> that good reason. <laughs> literally my only no. reason. And nah, then, yeah, I'm, I'm I eventually would sweat. Always preparing for the apocalypse. Always. I'm a weird kind of prepper in that sense. Yeah. I don't, I I don't hoard guns. I just prep like speeches. <laughs> that, that is the most niche doomsday prepping I've ever heard. No inflatable kayaks, no cans no. of food. Nope. Just, just the occasional Marlboro light. Yeah, but if you if you need an inspiring speech right at the precipice of your like uh, apocalyptic attack i'm there mm. <laughs> and you guys not smokers i took that one puff of a cigar that's all i've ever done not even a cigarette no never tried a cigarette I'm when impressed. i was a kid i assumed that by the time i was an adult nobody would smoke anymore it's not far from the truth mm-hmm. uh i've known plenty of smokers yeah. Now they're all vaping. But every motherfucker huh. you see smoking, you're like, how do you afford that? It's I know. insane. Yeah. No, I've never smoked cigars or cigarettes apart from all the secondhand stuff when I started going out to pubs and clubs when I was 18. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because it took some time until my 20s before it was banned from pubs in South Australia. So Yeah. And then, man, you notice a difference. Because you oh, rock yeah. up to the pub oh, the yeah. week after the smoking ban, and you're like... <laughs> 
Has anyone in this club showered in the last week? <laughs> <laughs> the smell of BO was overpoweringly strong. Yeah. I had a very rough road with trying to quit smoking and it took a lot. And was that because you were trying to smoke Rocky Road after the rough road of trying to quit smoking? <laughs> <laughs> Don't smoke marshmallows, man. That's always been my advice. Um, who haven't I asked yet? Uh, how about you, Nick? What's a moment from this episode stands out to you? Better, worse, right or not? I'm actually going to say something that stands out to me for the worst because I think this Ooh. is going to be a very positive yep. spin on this episode. Oh. And I've yep. got something that I don't think stacks up. When Troy McClure tells Homer the revelation mm-hmm. that he's it's only a sham marriage and he's only doing it to advance his own career, yep. in the bar, Homer actually looks pretty horrified by what he's hearing. And then for the rest of the episode, he treats it flippantly as fuck. Ah, I find that to be a little bit weird. I always kind of assumed he got drunk and forgot and then was like, oh yeah, that reminds me. Troy told me this thing. Oh, I suppose so. You ever have those moments as well where you like, you care about something, then 10 minutes later you think, I'm not going to get invested in that. Yep. I mean, I do (laughs) like the bit where it pans through the the wedding during the, if anyone knows any reason why they should not be wet, is pans to Homer, zoom in, do his head, yeah, hey! Which, ah. is that the Doctor Who theme? No, no. no. <laughs> That's Rock and Roll 2. By what? Gary Glitter. No, that yeah. one goes... Who? Doctor Excellent. So instead it's Rock and Roll 2 Electric Boogaloo by, <laughs> yeah. by Gary Glitter, who, yep. who uh, uh, will yeah. not be mentioned. Exactly. piece of shit. <laughs> yep. yep. But no, that, that is an interesting point to make. And I'm just following that line, I'm going to say the moment from the story that stands out to me is, yeah, the data Selma and Patty are men jokes. Like, yeah. the, the, uh, the unfortunate little stains on this episode. Yeah, yeah, there's one or two of them in here and it, it takes away from the uh, otherwise... Like, Selma actually gets to be a character in this one yeah. more than she yeah. usually does, I think. And it's a bit of a bummer that they still throw that shit around. Like, yeah. it's not a big deal. But it is a big deal. They shouldn't be doing it. Yeah, because, like, Selma does own in this episode. Like, I love how she's got so much agency over, yeah, I- I'm into a sham marriage, but once we bring a child into it, mm. you know, we're hurting mm. another person. Like, and I really love how much she owns that situation. Yeah. Mm. The only one I'll defend is the one where Homer just goes, Troy, I gotta know, what's a guy like you doing marrying a guy like Selma? Just because it comes from, I think it comes from his laziness. It's a drunk place. Yeah, he's just like, what that thing that you are marrying that thing, whatever. And see, the other one that jumps to mind, it's one that when the newsreader yeah. break, breaks the news, the Troy yeah. McClure. I did the same thing. I, yeah. I always actually thought that that was another callback to the fish fetish. Yeah, yeah. And be like, oh, wait, what? Marrying a, a woman, not a, f- a fish. N- yeah. Not a fish. Yeah, within the context of all the In the context of all the other jokes yeah. that are going on around. And, and then, yeah. Well, this whole thing about, like, you know, this sham marriage and this guy, you know, he just wants to protect his sexual identity. Well, can we talk about toxic masculinity in relation to this episode? Because I just feel like, you know, he's pulling some real shit here. He's really disrespecting this woman, calling her a hand a hoof. <laughs> yeah. And I have to say, I really enjoy the Muppets in the Simpsons universe. I was, oh, yeah. I was a big fan of that. They're very well done as well. Who is voicing Kermit in this? Because it really sounds like Kermit. Editing Bay Elliot J here to say that Hank Azaria did the voice of Kermit the Frog and surprisingly, Harry Shearer did the voice of Miss Piggy. Okay, back to the show. Nick, did you do a good Kermit? I feel like you would have a Kermit in the bag. Um, say unhand thee swine. Unhand thee swine! That's yeah, pretty good. Yeah, great. Yeah, uh, now do a Ray Romano. 
Uh, I'm handy, swine. <laughs> uh, my brother's tall. tall. <laughs> I'm so in love with you. That's my attempt at a Miss Piggy. Not quite as good. Not now, frog. <laughs> Me and Iron Pants are just getting acquainted. Uh, Not now, uh, frog. House. That's all I can do. <laughs> <laughs> but the other guest stars of this episode. So, yeah, Phil Hartman obviously playing Troy McClure. But also he played Fat Tony. Um, mm. That wasn't Joe Mantegna. Oh, really? Yeah, delivering the line. No, I said he sleeps with the fishes. And what I meant was... <laughs> please, please, I just had a whole plate of pasta bazool. I, I had to write it down and now I can't fucking re- uh, read it. It's a weird word. Ding-da-magoo. Ding-da-magoo. I sent the Frankie Out version to our chat, Ding-da-magoo, which according to Urban Dictionary is your mother's best plate of pasta. Is what Ding-da-magoo is. Ooh. Do you want to start the pasta index? What's your favourite pasta? Oh man, I can't go past a good carbonara. Pasta, good carbonara. Mm, yeah, a bit of chicken. And Chicken's <laughs> not in a traditional carbonara, but you can go for a chicken carbonara. <laughs> yeah, bit of bacon in there. It's pretty good. Uh, BT, pasta oh, index. I'm also a big fan of the carbonara, but uh, something with the ravioli is pretty kick-ass. Sweet. Mm. Yeah, I like a good, like, I don't know, blue swimmer crab fettuccine sort of thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah, that's a bit yeah. fancy. Ooh. I like me a fettuccine puddinesca. You know, the really, mm. like, uh, spicy, tangy, capers, anchovy, chili, tomato puddinesca. All right, nice. Number one choice of the president of Russia. <laughs> nice. Well, actually, Putinesca is Italian for in the style of a prostitute. So <laughs> make of that what you will. <laughs> make me pasta in the style of a prostitute. Mm. Nice. And the other guest star of this episode, <laughs> do you guys know who was playing MacArthur Parker? Uh, was it one glistening shirtless Jeff Goldblum? <laughs> you can hear the shirtlessness <laughs> on the recording, yes. Oh yeah, that makes sense. I've never oh. thought about it so much. But yeah, he's, he's, fu- he's great. He fucks in this episode. That's he a does. good character. James, yep. which one's Jeff Goldblum? Uh, oh, really? Jeff Goldblum's the Jurassic Park guy with the shirt off. He's like a meme now. He does all the menu log ads. Oh, the menu look good. Yeah, that's yeah. what I knew you would know him from. <laughs> Play count. How many times have you watched this episode before tonight? A lot. I don't know, like <laughs> 45. <laughs> I like that BT looked at his notes there as if the notes were going to help. Yeah, uh, it's called... Hey, you look at a tattoo you have on your arm. <laughs> Just yeah. 45 Just, notches yeah. on there. <laughs> yeah, it's a, a brim full of Asher amount. Um, yeah. How about you, Nick? <laughs> yeah, probably 30 plus, 40 plus, somewhere yeah. around there. Yeah, this has got to be in the 50, maybe 100 for me. Like, yeah, this is. There's uh, a big difference between 50 and 100. Elliot. He does this. It's really annoying. <laughs> it's like, strange, so, isn't it? Yeah, it's like, oh, it's either 2 or 20. Like, which fucking one? And, is and, it? It, it, it's like sometimes when you ring up a restaurant and you mm. order something and they're like, oh, yeah, that'll be 10 or 20 minutes. And I'm like, no, 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 you can't have <laughs> an estimate which is X or 2X. That's yeah. enormous. It'll when be you're one hour, 10 or three hours. I don't know. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> one hour, three hours. How many times can you watch A Fish Called Selma before your, <laughs> before your fettuccine puddinesque is going to be ready? It's the cable repairman's time frame, yeah. I'll be there from midday until July. You mean the you Jim Carrey movie? Yes. The Cable Repairman? That's more about Matthew Broderick. And also the town of uh, Minnesota. <laughs> Which in many ways is a character <laughs> yeah. of the Cable Guy. <laughs> Which I'm pretty sure is not where that movie takes place. All right. <laughs> so... <laughs> Let's talk about the wackiness of this episode. What are some oh, cartoony moments of stand uh, Homer eats the candy bride and groom off the uh, <laughs> wedding cake. Mm, pointy. 
Uh, slimy. <laughs> he <laughs> moving. <was> moving. <laughs> and then, of course, a great moment where he tells Marge that, you know, it's a sham wedding, turns to suggest snuggling, and she's too shocked about something. He just kind of yeah. ro- immediately rolls over and just turns off the light in her eyes. It's just, Marge, can you close your eyes? I'm trying to sleep. Yep, very good uh, cartoon yeah. eyes open in the dark joke. I mm-hmm. feel like we should stop for a moment and try to analyze why that one works. But the first episode we watched had a very similar joke that didn't work oh, fucking at all. Implies the eye on the dollar bill glows or yeah. can see. And then he just feels the need to pay him his allowance, which is $1 in the middle of him going to mm. bed. Yeah, also it's <laughs> delivered with that, what? I'm giving Bart his allowance now. It's definitely a much more laboured yes. uh, punchline. Yeah, where's this one? Whereas this one, it's also, it comes in the middle of like a genuinely dramatic moment that is landing quite well. Mm. Yeah. And I think it's just like a supplementary gag. And in that sense, it works very well. Yeah. I think it is worth drawing those parallels though, yes. because like they're the same joke, but one of them is fucking garbage and the other one's really good. <laughs> That's yeah. a really good point. And this is what we do on the index. We try and determine what is garbage and what is greatness. Um, mm. In terms of the wackiness, I know it's something we've mentioned already, but is it worth pointing out that one of the main pillars of this episode is that a guy fucks fish? <laughs> like, So yeah, and that his house is, yeah, this mountainside condo that just has aquariums built throughout. <laughs> mm. <laughs> yeah. Well, then he blurts out, I'm going to SeaWorld! Oh, <laughs> yeah, it's a weird thing that this episode has permeating throughout it. And well, I, I enjoy it because I didn't realise until you read the stats before, I didn't realise that the guy that came along was a freelance writer that did the, the plot points. Mm. I love the idea that they get this freelance writer in and they're like, alright, what ideas do you have? And he's like, well, what if one of your main <laughs> recurring characters fucked fish? <laughs> and then it was just pin drop silence in the writer's room. He's like, huh? Huh? That's followed by yeah. it's silent for a moment and then, and then someone starts clapping and then someone yeah. else eventually <laughs> yeah. everyone's applauding they yep. stand up <laughs> David Silverman is crying <laughs> but then it turns out the noise of the clapping is coming from two very excited sea lions <laughs> <laughs> And the rest of the writing series was a death trick. <laughs> Two very excited scenes. And the rest is history. <laughs> <laughs> and they're like, finally, content for us. <laughs> I knew we hired these guys for a reason. <laughs> Yeah, so it's a weird thing that this episode has in it, and especially because this is the first episode that is about Troy McClure. He's always been a side character oh, in yeah. this. And Phil Hartman is so fucking good. What oh. I what I really love about about Troy in this episode is I think you simultaneously completely buy him as a like watched up has been star, yeah. and like this sort of like attractive dude who he still has a lot of cachet with a woman like Selma. I think it's mm-hmm. like a very good character turn. I think they do great stuff with the character. It's like if George Clooney's career had gone like off the rails. Yeah. If like whichever Batman he was in like really signaled where the next 10 years went. <laughs> do you mean if he had floundered? Flounder being a type of fish. A neck. <sighs> yeah. Nick, you fucking nailed it, son. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> thanks, everyone. I'm just trying to think of other fish. I got nothing. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you reckon... Troy McClure goes through all of his American money and and rewrites it to say, in COD we trust. (laughs) In COD we... I don't know, man. (laughs) (laughs) I I trout that. Oh, Oh, Favourite author? Salmon Rushdie. (laughs) 
Sal Bass. <laughs> He's just sitting at home reading a copy of Ian Fleming's Octopus. Like, well, this isn't what I expected. <laughs> <laughs> Although actually that book does end with like a guy who seems to have a bit of a weird thing going with an octopus. Does the plot have any things that throw you off? Perhaps any red headings? <laughs> bum, bum, bum. <laughs> Fuck. You really worked so about that one. <laughs> I really... Ooh, but speaking of which, more trivia. Do you know in Scandinavia they don't have wagon, wh- wagon wheels, so they wagon eat herrings. Yeah, wagon wheels. Wh- 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 hang on, hang on. <laughs> let's, let's try it again with words. Can you just run me through that one more time? I feel like I said a couple of words at least. <laughs> hang on. In Sweden they don't have wagon wheels, so they eat herring. Yeah. I don't think that's a one-for-one replacement. (laughs) (laughs) That's like saying, oh, you know, in New Zealand, they don't have Tim Tams, so they stick celery up their ass. It's not like... I think I'm going to... Tam. How do they drive their wagons? That's what I want to know. I'm going to need you to run me through this. I'm going to assume that you didn't get the wagon wheel commercials here when you were kids. Oh, wait. Was there a... The wagon wheel. Eat the the wagon wagon wheel. wheel. Oh, I know. No, it's a commercial where it'd be like, uh, in Scandinavia, they smoked oh. cod because they don't have wagon wheels. And there's a picture of a smoked cod and then lifts up and goes, because <laughs> he's smoked. Okay. Wagon wheel. It is a wagon wheel. See, that, that's, you know, I'm actually, it feels good that yeah. someone has 90s ad out-niched <laughs> me <laughs> um, because that's not an ad I recognize at all. What I will say, though, yeah. is the Milky Bars are on me. Yeah. Um, but... Um, <laughs> Thanks for giving me that knowledge about uh, Sweden and thanks for giving me that completely separate and unrelated knowledge Uh, uh, about 90s TV. When when it comes to fish, we've been schooled. Oh! Oh, Oh, Forget about it. I'm Andrew Dice Clay over here. (laughs) Ding-dong-a-ghoul. We'll get back to more wackiness in a moment. Clam Drew Dice Clay. (laughs) What? Clam Drew? Clam Drew. No. (laughs) Too far. Andrew Dice Crayfish? Yes, yes, there that's, it is. That's better, Elliot, that's better. <laughs> Elliot, cut out the one I did and put yours in twice. Keep but it I'll in leave this and in. double it. <laughs> yeah. So how about the heart of this episode? Did you guys feel the ba-bumps? Oh, I felt the ba-bum-ba-bum-ba-bum. That might have been all the drinking, but yes, definitely. <laughs> yeah, this episode, like, I really felt the Selma at the end. Like, she goes through a real process and yeah. kind of, like, uh, develops as a person. And... From, yeah, from the dream wedding to the, well, you know, it's going to be worth it to be provided for and taken care of. Yeah, and I love and, it that she uh, doesn't leave, like, crushed by the experience. She's just like, okay, well... Didn't work out. Back to, I, I liked my life before this as well, so I'll go back to that. Mm. Yeah. yeah, that's right. Just uh, walks down the road with Jub Jub. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, go home and microwave you some cockroaches. Yeah. yeah it, I really love her a whole, um, yeah, bring a child into a loveless marriage is something I just can't do. It's, it's, yeah. Yeah. It's amazing how she owns that situation. And also, like, the tone when she, like, was confronted with that it was a sham marriage. Mm-hmm. Like, I still felt like she owned that situation at least. Yeah, because mm. it's still the decision, so... Yeah, but even, like, Troy McClure's Cavalier, uh, is this a sham marriage? Sure, baby, is that a problem? <laughs> Problemo. <laughs> I feel like when I was a kid, for some reason watching this episode, it didn't click with me how aggressively they signpost the sham marriage aspect. I feel like it was oh, only, yeah. like, as a as an adult, you watch it like, oh, it's very clear immediately, this whole thing. Yeah, when he's I guess all, as a kid, yeah. you know, I didn't know what love was, <laughs> and I needed the show to show me. Yeah, he's just playing the game to get out of a ticket, and then all of a sudden, 
oh, this is helping my career? Yep. Yeah. Mm. There's got those great lines of, oh, what do you call me here for? It's my wedding night. I'm trying to sleep. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that first date where they're in the restaurant. And I think, you know, notice Jekyll as well, that all the pictures on the walls of the celebrity caricatures all people that have been in The Simpsons before. Mm-hmm. Oh, it made Tito Puente back there. Yep. yep. Tito a- Puente. <laughs> Interesting thing is, like, based on an anecdote I heard on a different podcast, Blank Check with Griffin and David, one of the, like, Griffin Newman who's on there is like, he's an actor, he's a fairly big guy, he's like Arthur in The Tick, and he says... You know, I'm on the outer in Hollywood, but even then, I'm aware of an alarming number of sham marriages, he said wow. in one episode. Like, I feel like this is actually a pretty big thing in Hollywood. People mm-hmm. getting married, like, marriages of convenience to, uh, Advance like, bolster image. Yep. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, that's why there's so many jokes about them in TV, because they actually do happen with some regularity. And now we're going to list all the sham marriages that we've heard of. <laughs> yep. Uh, Ricky Gervais. And <laughs> uh, oh, does that offend you, Ricky? <laughs> every royal, royal wedding ever. Yep, definitely. Ooh. So ultimately, though, guys, did it feel like an episode of The Simpsons? Sure. Ah, feels like the quintessential like season seven episode of The Simpsons. Yeah, so we don't actually get much of The Simpsons in this episode. Yeah, that's a good point. Mm. Which, yeah, yeah, surprised me. Yeah, there's only like a sort of a line each from the main family. Well, this is sort of the point in the show where they, I guess they felt like they could expand out on the surrounding cast because they yeah. had already done like every plot line with the family, you know. Certainly they didn't have enough to sustain them for 23 more seasons no, after this. of course not. So yeah, as far as character integrity, we're establishing new character integrity with Troy McClure, who, yeah, we haven't seen outside of a, a television context. Yeah. And yeah, one of you said it as well. We're sort of enriching Selma's character in this episode as well, which is fun. Yeah. Do we know if Troy has any Scottish heritage? Because what do fish chase after on the end of a fishing line? Oh, dear fuck. A l- <laughs> Hooks. A lure. <laughs> is he a Scottish fishing lure? <laughs> McLure. McLure. <laughs> is that is that what we can deduce from his name? From his actions more than his name. I, really, yeah. I thought I was going to hate you, man, but I really did enjoy that. Saying, that was very good. Oh my he god! He might wade under the ocean and you know dip his McLure in the water. He, he to see what he, comes by it. He may well do. He may well do. He may he may paint it in iridescent colours. <laughs> Can you paint with iridescent colours of the Wang? <laughs> <laughs> nice. Ah. <laughs> yes. Uh so yes or no, would you watch this one again? For sure. I almost certainly will. Can we go watch it again right now? <laughs> Yay, let's do that. But maybe we'll watch it again. We'll watch it in a playlist. What playlist does this belong in? Troy McClure. You might remember him from such episodes as... This one. Yes. <laughs> and some others. Thank well, you. Troy McClure. <laughs> I don't suppose there's that many Troy episodes after this one, is there? I think Simpsons 138th episode Spectacular is the only other episode where he has a prominent star in yeah, role. Yeah, okay. Playlist of Selma's marriages. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. Um, Selma to Williger, Hutz McClure. Uh, nice to be the pedal on. And <laughs> almost. Um, almost, yeah. yeah. She also marries, or at least starts going out with Grandpa Simpson in a season, like, 18 episode. Wedding, what? after wedding, <laughs> after wedding. Yeah, yeah, if it hasn't been said enough, yeah, a Phil Hartman playlist, because, yeah, mm-hmm. he just, man, he is so good. Musical theatre playlist. Yep. Musical yeah. guest. Yeah, yep. put this with, uh, you know, Streetcar Named Street Marge. Streetcar Named Marge. Yeah. Ah, uh, that episode fucks. Oh, yeah. Uh, and the Pimento Grove, why not? And, mm-hmm. yeah, just general Hollywood episodes, yeah, mix in some of those, like, Crusty the Clown ones as well. 
Hollywood. Guys and dolls. Yeah. Jocko, what would you change about this episode? What would I change about it? I don't know that I'd change a damn thing. Uh, I'd take out the transgender jokes because yeah. they're shared and transphobic. That's yeah, probably all, really. They, they aged poorly. How about you, Nick? What would you like to change? I'm having a really hard think to see if there's anything I would change. Uh, so when we find out Troy's agent is MacArthur Parker, there was part of me going, oh, okay, at some point there'll be a reference to, to, MacArthur, Park. to MacArthur Park. Someone left the cake out in the rain. Mm. And there Never wa- read that recipe again. And there wasn't one... And I don't know whether I want one yeah. or whether I'm happy that there isn't. It's just weird that they named him that and they never did anything with it. And they never it. did anything yeah. with it, yeah. Well, I think that was tying into like what he was saying about the ridiculous Hollywood names where he was like, you're having a baby, we've got to talk baby names. You know, you can't use Montana and Dakota, oh, they're taken. Sure. Presumably by Dakota Fanning at the time, who would have just been born, who would have they seen would be a massive and, star. And Hannah Montana. Oh, yeah, yep. yeah, yeah. They both would have been born around this time. And Oregon Trail. Who, as far as I'm concerned, died of dysentery. <laughs> Tragically, so yes. Tragically, yes. So what I wanted to say about MacArthur Parker as well is, Beach, you remember when I wanted to get this as going as a meme? Which MacArthur one? Parking? Ah, uh, yes, I do. So Just... anytime on a rainy day, go out to a baker, get a cheap cake that they're about to throw oh. out, buy it, and then leave it out in the rain and take a photo of it. <laughs> I think you missed the take a photo and post it part. You only like post it on Facebook. You need like Twitter, Instagram. Yeah. That's your more viral centers. You can try yeah. it again, man. We can reboot this. Uh, how about you, BT? What would you like to change about this episode? I'm a little bit tempted to say cut all the beginning and all the end and just expand uh, the Planet of the Apes musical to be the entire show. (laughs) (laughs) Will that work? Almost certainly not. Do I want them to try? Yes. It just sounds like an episode of Community. They could have gotten away with it. Yeah. (laughs) Or Bojack. Bojack could do it. Yep. Definitely. So, yeah. Fuck, I'm looking forward to season season five. Is that you taking the anti-your brother position? Because it's your brother that's uh, anti-musicals, right? Yeah, I don't know how he feels about this one, actually. That's Interesting. Be, he's got to love it. I mean, like, he loved See My Vest. Like, yeah, yeah. Oh, that, okay, that's interesting. Yeah, that's Ag- always Against musical numbers, unless they're the fucking best. Yeah, unless right. they're the, the pinnacle. Yeah, so. See My Vest, See My Vest, that one is the fucking best. <laughs> <laughs> BT, do you have any other notes? Indeed, I do. Well, what are you working on now? Well, I've been reading a lot of scripts. It's a lot cheaper than going <laughs> to the movies. Uh, the celebrity pages have Look Who's Drunk. Yeah, for McBain. Yeah, that yep. was very good. And uh, you haven't got me work in 12 years. Hey, jury duty is work. <laughs> <laughs> the great line of, okay, I'll see you in the morning, honey. Get ready for tennis. It comes on at 10. Yeah. Just a bunch of great little misdirect jokes I got there. Um, yeah, like one of my favorite is from that look who's drunk. He's like, ah, oh, the get ready for this feature on page one and then, yeah, shut to the newspaper. Page 10. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Remember how we frolicked in that Newport ad? Remember how alive with pleasure they said we were? That great little Newport tagline being transferred to actual emotions. That's a cigarette company, Yeah, right? that tagline is alive with pleasure. I, but I, I really love that moment as well because it shows like the disconnect that Troy McClure has like with genuine human emotion. That, oh, yeah. like, the only way yeah. he can relate it is back to his work. Exactly. Yeah. And uh, my final note, which I quite like, is no, why don't you come over here and make yourself comfortable? <laughs> Oh, that, yeah, that scene where they're going to fuck is amazing. <laughs> Would you like some wine? Yes. yes. <laughs> walks Rawr. over, skulls the wine, and then walks back to the hallway. <laughs> and then they fuck. <laughs> Unless I'm misremembering the scene. I feel like you might be, but I, I can't prove might it. be. Maybe I imagine, you know, I tend to make up the ending sometimes. <laughs> well, what else did you mis- remember? What else did you misremember? Do you have any other notes? Oh, I got some other notes. Let's hear them. When I was tweeting the other day about Marge <laughs> versus the monorail being the best episode, a guy that I know 
corrected me and said, actually, A Fish Called Selma is the best episode. That mm. man is wrong. Yeah, nah. it's a fucking great episode. Not the best one, though. Wouldn't say best, but yeah. The description of a Muppet is not quite a mop, not quite a puppet. That is my conceptualization of what a Muppet is now. <laughs> yeah, I feel like you could yeah. pick up any of them and use them to like fix mop. a soggy floor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the line where Troy goes to the DMV and Selma stamps and he says that took a lot of class. Yeah. It's the greatest like slimy like dude who thinks that you should be on it just to be speaking to him line, I think. Yeah. yeah. It's really good. No, the way that they use Troy McClure as like a conduit for every uh, Hollywood yeah. sleazebag is just fantastic. The script on this one is just fucking airtight, wall to wall. Every Everything is good. This is a good fucking episode. Mm. What else have I got here? The uh, When Lisa says that he saw, she saw him in the... Thing they had to watch in school, locker room towel fights, the blinding of Larry Driscoll. Larry Driscoll is such a fantastically specific name. Yeah. <laughs> I did not get this and I felt like the room erupted. Like, can this get explained? No, it's just a funny thing. No, yeah, I, I, I googled The Simpsons is the only thing that really comes up. But it's just, it's the fact that they give a specific name makes it funnier. Oh, fair yeah. enough. Because it makes you feel like it must have been a thing. Right. Yeah, yeah it's like Benevin Stanciano. The, uh, oh, yeah. the newspaper headline, McClure Ankle's Obscurity, is very funny to me. I think using the word ankle as a verb in that sense is very good. <laughs> the animation on that scene where Troy thinks he has to fuck Selma is really good. He seems very tentative. The, yeah. like, the fast walking across to drink the wine yeah. and then walking back and he's like kind of stooped and he's... Got a great facial expression. It's great. Good mm-hmm. episode. Mm-hmm. Liked a lot. Gonna go out on a limb here. Better than the other two. We've watched a <laughs> <Ooh. laughs> hot take. Jeez. How about you, Nick? Any other notes? I have one final note. So Jeez. BT mentioned before the headline of Look Who's Drunk with the picture of Rainy mm-hmm. Wolfcastle. The headline for Troy and Selma with the kiss is Troy a little tenderness. Which oh. I, <laughs> I really enjoy. And it's time for my final notes. Um, so I did check this. Yeah, Troy McClure is driving a DeLorean in that opening scene where mm-hmm. he's like crashing into everything. I and smacks Wiggum in the face. Yeah, yeah. Oh, and Wiggum's line, you know, uh, you're going to have to go down the DMV and I'm still going to require a bribe. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Very good. As a sewing enthusiast, Nick, did you notice that Troy McClure was sewing a beanbag at some point? Not a sewing enthusiast. I am a knitting enthusiast. Oh, Jeez, shit. There's a Very difference. different things. But I did Fuck. notice that he was mending a beanbag, perhaps even darning. <laughs> a beanbag. Darn that bag. Darn that bag. I'm so sorry. You got the details wrong. So I see. Oh, yeah. <laughs> see, because we were talking about sewing in my yeah, 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 that. Why don't we talk anymore, Nick? Oh, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I did like how uh, Troy McClure was darning his beanbag in the night with nobody there. Darning his bag. <laughs> nobody cared. <laughs> What's this a reference to? <laughs> Eleanor Rigby dunning a oh. bee back in the night was <laughs> Nobody cares. Oh, the lonely oh, people. That, that just reminds me of the best tweet of all time. Uh. Hang on. I'm, it's going to take five seconds for me to find it. So, this, this is fucking great. This is by Peter Silk. It's at Kestrel Pie to the tune of Eleanor Rigby. Dog in a trench coat, getting promoted at work, but then sheds its disguise. Canine surprise. surprise. <laughs> it's the fucking best. <laughs> oh. oh, that is very good. <sighs> Canine surprise. 
lot of Beatles humor in this podcast. There, I'm loving it. After discovering that tweet, there was a couple of months where I would start a lot of messages to you, Jack, yeah. with, the, with the with the header to the tune of Elitori <laughs> Yeah, we really got into a habit of doing that. Yeah. That was great. All the good doggos. Where do they all come from? <laughs> Balking in the night with nobody there. <laughs> Malapping without care. <laughs> Um, Homer's pitching movies to Troy McClure in the bar and Troy McClure's like, uh, they've already made a bunch of movies about World War II. No. Yeah, as if there would never be any more. Yeah. <laughs> Coming to theatres this summer, World War II 5. <laughs> this one's from the vampire's point of view. <laughs> Dracula and World War II together at last. I mean, I'm not going to lie, I would watch it. <laughs> Did you see the, uh, there was a sign gag, the Troy McClure and Selma Bouvier wedding and also share plus contest winner? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's good. Solid gag. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All done in good jest. You know, everyone loves Cher. She's the, the queen of everything. I don't know if that's legally binding, but she's yeah. the queen of everything. <sighs> Mamma mia, here we go again. <laughs> that classic Cher song. No, she's in the movie. <laughs> oh, well, fine. Oh. The Mario movie? Sure, the Mario movie. She plays Luigi. <laughs> Auto-tuned Luigi. Uh, if I could turn back time, my princess wouldn't be in the other castle. Oh. If I could find a way. Gypsies, toads, and thieves. <laughs> oh, come on. Yeah. No, no, it was solid. It was solid. Do you have any other jokes to share? No, that's literally uh, it. Uh, I'll save myself up. Sunny Bowser? No. <laughs> Your listenership is going to drop in half after this episode. That's good. It will take a lot of the pressure off. Yeah. <laughs> we have salted the earth so nothing can ever grow again. <laughs> That's how you'll make your Simpsons podcast the best one. Yep. Yeah, Next we just... stop, four-finger discount. Yeah, we're just going to go around and ruin all the others. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're coming for you. Everything's coming up, Simpsons. <laughs> oh, so to put Troy McClure star in, they're removing the one from Buster Keaton. Yep. I forgot to mention in our Disenchantment review now oh, yeah. available on pods in the key of springfield like in sprite yeah they do it nice um yeah yeah there's Buster a Keaton moment yeah where the yoga oh. falls over elfo um, yeah when he was when the front frame of the house fell down yeah. he went through the window yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. It is time to rank this thing. Time to rank the episode. Rank. Nick is your turn to start. Fuck. Fuck, that's a lot of pressure because mm. normally I like to scope out the room and see how other people are going. Mm. Yeah, if you want, I'm pretty sure I know where I'm going. So. Yeah, I reckon I know where you're going too. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, I'm going to write it down this bit of really, paper. Really? Yes. <laughs> yes. Mm, I'm torn. My, my, torn. <laughs> my, my head says gold and my heart says platinum. Mm. And I don't know where to go. I guess the tricky part is because... My understanding of the Simpsons Index, the online index that is also an index, my understanding <laughs> is that platinum is the essential cubic. one. Oh, yeah. Fu- oh, yeah, sorry, cubic. Sorry, That's okay. Sorry, fuck. I have listened to all the episodes, but uh, <laughs> my understanding is that cubic is the essential ones. And as yeah. you pointed out before, this episode, even though it is fucking A, doesn't actually have that much of the Simpsons in it. So mm-hmm. I'm not sure if I can give it cubic because I don't know if it's essential to the series that is The Simpsons. But you'd still say it's excellent. It is very, very excellent. So I think I'm going to say gold and hope that others say cubic so that it comes up to a shiny gold. <laughs> well, no, it's funny that you mentioned that because I thought I'd be fighting the room here is that, yeah, I honestly think this is a gold. There's just something that's not bringing me up on this episode to make it essential where 
I'm kind of conflicted because I think this is the best showcasing of Troy McClure and any excuse to pull focus on Phil Hartman I think is not an essential thing but honestly this episode it just doesn't get up there for me and um, Jackal you're next yeah, I'm, I'm going to guess he's going to disagree no, I'm not. Oh, fuck. Wow. I'm also going gold Shit. on this one. Fuck. It is like... Fuck. <laughs> you're really losing it there. Yeah, it is most of the way there, I think. I think, like, as far as this concept goes, like, they take it very far. They do a very good job of it. It's not the absolute funniest episode. It is one of the more dramatically satisfying, maybe. Mm. Yeah. But, like, the episodes that really stand out to me, I am, like... Even after seeing them over and over and over again, some of the episodes that we have watched on our podcast, Poison the Kids Springfield, don't forget to like and subscribe, are so <laughs> dense. Yeah. We compared them to like the Boston Mud Cake from uh, the, cheesecake from shop. the Cheesecake Shop. Just so thick mm. and dense and moist. And yep. Maybe not moist, but. So dense, you were going to miss something the first time no matter yeah. what. Yes. And this one, like, yeah. this one doesn't really have a B plot, does it? No. It's no. all just, it's very oh, focused. That's fucking curious. Yeah. That's something we don't see very often. Yeah, this one is very close. It's just, you know, it doesn't quite jump over that hump, but it is still extraordinarily good. It's a gold. It's not quite like upper echelon, but it's close. BT, round us off. Well, this is awkward because I thought I'd be fighting the room, but no, <laughs> my initial instinct has always been gold. That's what I've been sitting the entire time. Oh, um, wow. Yeah. Man, I was so stressed <laughs> going first. <laughs> Fuck. And this is uh, like only the eighth time that we've had three episodes, three unanimous rankings. I know, that's crazy. Yeah, right. Uh, we should have failed it. Just give <laughs> <laughs> me uniform. Yeah, Don't hit, you dare. Hit the full <laughs> unanimous. Yeah, like, like you said, it's, it's, a, it's a great episode. It's just not that pure essential uh, Simpsons crack that we need. Need. So, <laughs> Simpsons, Simpsons crack. crack. Yeah, I felt weird saying it, but it's out in the world now. So, enjoy, yeah, enjoy the sound bite of Simpsons crack. But yeah, I mean, essential versus excellent. It's still very much up there. Like this is like yeah, the difference between A and special ranking. You know, for playing a video game or whatever. S rank, yeah. But yes, yeah, so this will be a unanimous gold. This will be joining another unanimous gold from season seven, but on the road where they go to the wad fur and the... Hey, Ellie, can we stop for ice cream? <laughs> Very good. I don't see why not. Uh, this will also be joining Lisa the Tree Hugger, where she meets Joshua Jackson, who's 11.5 vegan that doesn't eat anything cast a shadow. But yeah, it also like joining Principal Charming, where we uh, see... Ah. T, the yeah, origin this, of that. This, this feels very on par with Principal Charming to me, actually. Yep, separate vocations where Bart and Lisa do the sort of swap role thing, and yep. um, Bart's friend falls in love with Samantha Stanky, who sure. uh, you love from yep, the yep. Pe- the Peaky yep, show. Jimmy Robertson. Yep, and Sneaky also peaks. and also Bart the lover, where with uh, Woodrow, he likes holding hands. Oh, that episode <laughs> fucking rules. And he really hates you. Yes. That would be Sigourney for me. Oh, really? Yeah, I love that episode to bits. Oh, actually, that's uh, the line from that is in your Tinder profile too, isn't it? I took it out of there. Really. <laughs> it is very funny. <laughs> All right, guys. Yeah, that about does it for the Simpsons Index for this week. Uh, before we get out of here, we just like to quickly say anything that we're into this week. So, BT started off. What are you into at the moment? Oh, shit. I have not had time to catch up on anything. Yep. Um, have you tried sleep? It's pretty good. Yep. If you can get like a solid seven, eight hours, I highly recommend it. It'll take a while to get into it, maybe the first three hours. 
Uh, but man, once you get the, once you get to the end, you'll be so satisfied. <laughs> I enjoy that. Uh, how about you, Jackal? What would you like to recommend? Well, well, I could just you know selfishly plug my own stuff, like yep. uh, you know the podcast I do, that magazine that I wrote most of. Mm-hmm. Instead, I'm going to say, you know that new Mission Impossible movie? That movie fucking rules. I'm very into that. Please go and see it four times. <laughs> I've seen it twice. I think I'm going to see it a third time in cinemas. Oh. I've never done that before. Wow. I think I'm going to do it on this one. That's very good. I hope oh, I can think about it all times. <laughs> How about you, Nick? What would you like to recommend? I'm not sure that I like anything. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to say, because I'm a big fan of the AFLW. Yeah. Uh, so AF, for any of the international listeners, Australian Rules Football is uh, the game that started in this nation, mm-hmm. um, hence why it's called Australian Rules. Two years ago, they introduced a women's league. Recently, there's been a lot of debate in the media about whether mm-hmm. or not the season should expand. I personally think that it should. Um, and I would like to recommend that if anyone is interested in seeing what a kick-ass Australian sport looks like, there are lots of full game replays that you can stream for free through the AFL website if you search AFLW. And as far as I know, they're not geo-gated, so you should be able to watch them from overseas as well. Oh, fantastic. I don't think we've had a sport recommended on this podcast before. I've never. Yeah. I I apologize. No, there you go. go. Uh, Breaking boundaries for us. That's great. It's cool. You'll be bleeped out. <laughs> Just one long bleep. <laughs> yeah, that's why I don't introduce the f- uh, show. Hello, sports fans. I assume there's none listening. Uh, so, what I'm going to recommend, I've been really getting into Filthy Casuals podcast lately. That's oh yeah, yeah. Tommy Dasselet, you- you're a big fan of Dumb Club Club. Yeah, Dumb huge Dumb fan Club. of huge fan of Dumb Dumb Club, and that's Tommy Dasselet, Ben Vanilla, Adam Knox. Three very good and, and knowledgeable, knowledgeable boys, uh, kind and knowledgeable <laughs> boys. Sorry. I got a beer with Ben Vanilla once. Yeah, you had a beer with him. Yeah, that's the end of that anecdote. Yeah, nice. Yeah. You had oh, you had a beer. I thought yeah. you just had a beef. B E. <laughs> <laughs> I really enjoy video games podcasts. Like I'm a fan of all the stuff that IGN do, NVC Beyond, and Game Scoop. But I feel like Filthy Casuals uh, does give a bit of our Australian hometown flavour to the whole thing. Yeah. And I personally haven't gotten quite into Little Dum Dum Club. It's a bit too haphazard for my liking. It is quite haphazard, and it can also be depending on what episode you get. It can also be pretty fucking brutal. Yeah. Um, I mean, but... Dazzler, if you're listening. <laughs> hey, mate. All right, cool. Well, yeah, that does it for the Simpsons Index. And yeah, once again, if you haven't, please go check out Pods in the Key of Springfield. These guys make a very good Simpsons podcast. Delete Thank all you. the other Simpsons podcasts off your app. <laughs> <laughs> Not only that, try to hack into the servers and delete them off the internet. <laughs> <laughs> hack into the mainframe. It can yeah. only be two. Whisper, <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> Get rid of them. No, we like the other Simpsons podcasts. Yeah, they're fine. I'm winking pretty heavily. I'm not winking at all. <laughs> I don't trust my motor functions right now. That's you the were double. Issue. You were double winking just then. <laughs> <laughs> that was just me drifting off to sleep. <laughs> all right. That is James O'Connor. Yeah, that's me. I'm the guy. That is Captain Nick. I'm Danny Rosewell. And that is BT Calloway. I thought I was Danny Rosewell. <laughs> and uh, my, uh, who am I? Danny I, Rosewell. Who are any of us? <laughs> what year is this? Who, where's the professor? And I'm your host, Elliot J. O'Neill. That's all the mustard in South Australia. <laughs> we have all your mustard. So much mustard. Thank you for listening to The Simpsons Index Podcast, which is also an online spreadsheet available at thesimpsonsindex.com. Chat to us online at facebook.com slash The Simpsons Index or at Simpsons Index on Twitter. Please stay tuned. 
for the bonus scenes. Is, is Azalea Banks one of the kids that we don't see in Mary Poppins? <laughs> There's Jane and Michael and Azalea Banks. Beach, that light switch behind you, does that turn on lights? <laughs> light. Okay. okay, we're in a very big room and the smallest light just turned on. Oh my God, that was the furnace. <laughs> that's, that's such a comically small light. Homer wears a sl- uh, Bart slingshot around to hide his junk. That was unsettling. Mm-hmm. Um, mm. I'm, uh, not, I'm not sure that a slingshot would hide most junk. Should we test that? <laughs> I'm going to go with no. I don't know. Do you have Dennis the Menace nearby? <laughs> I've got David and Goliath out back. <laughs> Bring oh, them in. Yeah. D- David and Goliath. <laughs> yeah. yeah, one very tall man and then a slightly taller man. We don't need Goliath here. <laughs> Well, he he kind of is a two-part package. Yeah. Oh, they come as a duo. Yeah. yeah. That's yeah. what I call my testicles. I'm not coming without Goliath. <laughs> <laughs> One does hang slightly lower than the other, typically, so it doesn't make sense. I call it Dave. That one, uh, never mind. Uh, so Bart's You call whole... the big one Bitey? Yeah. <laughs> and you call your penis the Nemean lion? <laughs> Although that's a Hercules thing, but still. It's all uh, Norse mythology, you know. <laughs> Yeah, the great Norseman David. <laughs> he fought Kratos that one time. I prefer oh. Norska mythology, that deodorant that doesn't exist on the market anymore. So it, it itself is mythology now. It is mythology now. Get it now from your local Foodland in South Australia. Yeah, Foodland. Foodland, the mighty South Aussies, yeah. Because yeah. I saw that on the, the mighty South Aussies. The mighty South Aussies. Yeah, uh, it's man. a fucking great supermarket oh, it's a bloody, It's a bloody land of food. What more do you want? <laughs> There's one in Pasadena. It's amazing. It's huge. Uh, the one in fucking Fruville. Oh, Don't even get Fruville. me started on the Fruville And when I say one. Pasadena, I mean Pasadena, South Australia, not Pasadena, California. Just I was for confused any of, for a minute there. D- just for any of Elliot's overseas listeners. <laughs> if smelling of Troy was a real fragrance, I would buy it and I would coach myself in it. Yeah, and the good. Animation... good Norse mythology humor there. <laughs> Would it be called the smell that launches? That's a not Norse. Jets? That's Greek. I <laughs> know <laughs> oh, it's a throwback to when I fucked that up before. <laughs> and uh... mind you, Norska smelled good. Okay, between the two of us, Nick, which of us is Karen and which one is Georgia? <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Um, I have a feeling that I am much more Karen because you tend to be more positive, and I tend to shut things down. I thought that I was more of a Karen than you. Interesting. I feel like Georgia is the less positive of the two. Anyway, we're kind of to tie it I into think, this I think episode we're ruining of the Simpsons. This, other pod- this isn't even our podcast. We're ruining <laughs> no, it, Nick. We're gonna, we're gonna back- that would mean that Jackal is the Marge and Nick is the uh, Ricky Gervais wife. But, uh, that's horrible that I Oh, are you offended by that, but Nick? <laughs> it's okay that we're ruining their podcast. It's not like they travelled all the way from Sydney just to record <laughs> with us. Imagine being enough of a loser to do that, right? Yeah. Oh, does that offend you, Ellie? <laughs> <laughs> Love you. Triggered. <laughs> or you can raise R A Z E, which means to tear down. Yep. And you can E raise, which is Ooh. doing that online. Yes. <laughs> That's my face when I'm like and already then... editing the episode in my head and taking <laughs> yeah, like the fire. Like, okay. <laughs> uh, keep it in and double. <laughs> and you can and you can E raise, which is Ooh. doing that online. Ah, uh, those rapid. The Karen O. The what? <laughs> those those rapid. Yeah, it's an inglorious bastards joke. Yeah, inglorious. Oh shit, that's what that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. inglorious bastards. Michael Fassbender, if you listen, we'd love to hear from you. 
I've heard he's a big Simpsons fan. So I right. remember. I, I've heard that's not all he's big in. Because I once got a message from. <laughs> I heard once got a message from James that just like oh, I saw such and such movie. Michael Fa- M- Michael Fassbender's penis is considerable. <laughs> <laughs> okay, my position is that look, that was 2011. I think Michael Fassbender's penis should have been nominated for an Oscar. <laughs> it, the front runners should have been Michael Fassbender's penis and the dog from The Artist. <laughs> Those are the best performances I saw in any movies yeah, that do- year. A dog and a dog. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Typical dog-dog combo. Best oh. dog or dog in a motion picture. <laughs> <laughs> Makes about as much sense as musical or comedy. Yeah. <laughs> Most considerable dong in a motion picture. <laughs> For your consideration. <laughs> <laughs> Michael Fassman is just seeing their stony face. Just... Although apparently he doesn't like it when people talk about how big his dick is. Which, you know, I've got the same problem. Just a couple of boys in a bloody bloke's weekend. On the party barge. So the idea is that the genie gives twice of everything that the husband wishes for to the wife. And then the punchline, according to Ricky Gervais, is that the the husband has to be beaten half to death, which actually came as a mild relief because I thought the husband was going to ask for a bigger dick and the joke would be that the wife got two big dicks. They didn't make a monkey into me. It's just that me and monkeys had similar descendants. Yeah, we're bringing yeah. Richard Dawkins into this again. That doesn't really catch as a song, though. Yeah. No, Me it's... and Monkeys had similar descendants. <laughs> you know. Oh, I mean, that was pretty good. <laughs> everybody's got something to hide except for me and my monkey. <laughs> who have similar descendants. <laughs> who has similar descendants. Which is a surprisingly racist song. Really? Oh, is it? Well, it's meant to be about Yoko Ono, isn't yeah. it? She's the... Oh, is she the monkey? She's the eponymous monkey. Oh, fuck. No. I thought it yeah. was just I, a ridiculous un- bit of nothing. My understanding was that that came from... One of the yogis, when they were on the, when the Beatles were on their yoga retreat in India, one of them said, "Everybody's got something to hide except for me and my monkey." We talking Yogi Bear here? Uh, yeah, <laughs> hey, boy, 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 boy. <laughs> yeah, the great spiritual guide of the Beatles in the <laughs> late sixties was Yogi Bear. <laughs> hey, Yo. hey, Paul and Ringo, <laughs> what you want to do is release an night album. <laughs> Gee, Yogi, I don't think the late the Rangers gonna like the underlying racism in this song. <laughs> Yeah, who cares what they think? As long as you get them picking it, buses. <laughs> uh, I'm about- going to swipe that sitar sample. <laughs> so I've been doing this thing for ages that I call Frank's mayonnaise, where you get like Frank's hot sauce and mix it mm. in with mayonnaise. That's yeah. good. It's great. It's great with lots of lots yeah. things. I like using it on breakfasty stuff like scrambled eggs and mushrooms nice and hash browns mm-hmm. and stuff. Apparently, that's called comeback sauce. I discovered that the other day. What? Yeah. Apparently, hot sauce and mayonnaise is called comeback sauce. I don't like that. I won't be calling it that. But <laughs> No. I won't be calling it that because I saw a burger and on the menu it said comeback sauce. And I was like, fucking what? So, I did the old, hey Siri, what's comeback sauce? Um, hello to anyone who's listening to this through an open speaker. Yeah. Um, also, Alexa, what's comeback sauce? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I ain't no comeback girl. <laughs> <laughs> this uh, shit is mayonnaise, M A Y O. I'm not spelling that. P R A I S E. Very good. Hello, American listeners. Andrew Dice Crayfish? Yes, yes, there that's, it is. That's better, Elliot, that's better. <laughs> Elliot, cut out the one I do and put yours in twice. Keep but it I'll in leave this and in. double it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Andrew Dice Crayfish? 
like the like Elfo in the candy thing. Anyway, watch Disenchantment and also listen to our podcast we did in Pods in the Key of Springfield. Like and subscribe our ch- Disenchantment. <laughs> anyway, is there a chance that some of your listeners think that the full name of our podcast is Pods in the Key of Springfield? Like and subscribe. <laughs> Quite frankly, there probably should be a podcast called Like and Subscribe. Called like and yeah. subscribe. <laughs> I bet there is. Read the room, dong. The difficult part is I know that anything I say now is going to end up in the bonus reel at the end of the episode at the Simpsons Index, the online spreadsheet that is also a podcast. Will it? I have is a feeling. Make it in, you think? I have a feeling Elliot will put this in. The podcast, podcast. It is podcast, a podcast. Duff. Woof. Duff. <laughs> yeah, we don't need Elliot. No. <laughs> <laughs> In the piss locker. Ah, pissoir. Oh, oh, pissoir. The piss locker is one of my favorite Catherine Bigelow films. Like. <laughs>